Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves just by dialing in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features on the site totally free. Uh, once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Meg. And Mark. Uh, okay, so 800-259-9231. Uh, as we continue here, there's an update, Mark, you're going to share with us regarding the TSA. It was a few months back, a couple months ago, I guess, when some supposed good news came out about how, uh, well, you know, airports, if you don't like the TSA, you can just go ahead and get rid of us. Oh, you didn't know that? Well, it's possible. Apparently, Mark, it's not possible anymore. Well, and also there was the Republican senator or something who helped set up the uh, TSA, you know, had was recommending that airports go with the private option. Do you remember that? that oh, was, yes. Yeah. OK. So anyway, Washington, CNN. In fact, I have something about that Republican senator. A program that allows airports to replace government screeners with private screeners is being brought to a standstill. Just a month after the Transportation Security Administration said it was neutral on the program, TSA Chief John Pistole said Friday he was uh, he decided not to expand the program beyond the current 16 airports, saying that he doesn't see any advantage to it. <laughs> I bet there's no advantage to right, him he to get it to expand yeah. the bureaucracy. Sure, I mean he's the chief of the TSA. You know? I don't see advantages to giving away my job to people. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I think I think some people wonder sometimes whether, well, you know, I mean, he's a he's a government bureaucrat. Why would they care about that um, particular area? You know, I mean, it's just something for him not to worry about. It's not like his paycheck's uh, contingent on how many airports he's in charge of or anything like that. But you know, I think that that doesn't take into consideration human nature. Um, I remember I was just I was just watching a you know something on television about how the states got their shape and. All of it, all of it was just a fight over <laughs> land from different uh, territories fighting for land. There was, did you know there was a war between Michigan and Ohio uh, uh, on this little strip of land, Toledo, that the Toledo was in? No, I'm I had no idea. Surprised. <laughs> Apparently, nobody died in the war. They just, you know, exchanged some shots and stuff. And Michigan hates Ohio or something like that. But, um, you know, I mean, there was actually shots fired over this little strip of land. And I, I mean, so people in government do care about how much area or whatever people it it's is. It's their fiefdom. They, yeah, it is. It's their fiefdom. Yeah. So he said, uh, though little, uh, though little known, the screening partnership program allowed airports to replace government uh, government screeners with private contractors who wear TSA like uniforms, <laughs> meet TSA mm-hmm. standards, and work under TSA oversight. Among the airports, so TSA light. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, um, but, you know, I mean, I can see why people, well, some airports would, would opt for that. Some of the airports that have opted out of the government screening are San Francisco and Kansas City. The push to opt out gained attention in December when the fury over TSA's enhanced pat-downs, which some travelers called intrusive, some called them 
called it rape. Uh, Representative John Micah, excuse me, wasn't a senator, it was a representative. Uh, a Republican from Florida wrote a letter encouraging airports to privatize their air screeners, saying that more would be uh, this would be more responsive for the public. At the time, the TSA said ne- it neither endorsed, endorsed nor opposed private screening. If airports choose this route, we are going to work with them to do it, a TSA spokesman said in late December. But on Friday, not the, anymore. Yeah, the mm-hmm. TSA denied an application by Springfield Branson Airport in Missouri to privatize its checkpoint workforce. And in a statement, Pistole indicated other applications like, likewise would be denied. I examined the contractor screening program and decided not to expand the program beyond the current 16 airports, as I do not see any clear substantial advantage to do so at this time. You know, what would happen, I mean, obviously this isn't going to occur, but what would happen if some renegade airport administrator uh, decided to just change the security codes and lock all the TSA bureaucrats out one day and brought in his own security force? I think they'd bring the federal marshals in or something. Yeah, I think Obama would have him like executed by those drones or something. I don't know, just something ridiculous would happen to him, I know. He said that airports that currently use contractor screening will continue to be allowed to. Pistoli said he'd been reviewing TSA policies with the goal of helping the agency to evolve in a more agile, <laughs> high-performance organization. <laughs> Love it when they use that word Why do they government. do that? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> show me the sh- uh, Pistole, Mr. Pistole. Please, Isn't it pistol? Sh- what, I don't know. It, it's, it's got, got an e at, the at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, please show me the first agency that was evol- able to evolve into a high-performance, <laughs> agile organization. Well, it's just agile and bureaucracy are like it doesn't make fire sense. and water. They can't do the same thing. No. You know? <laughs> I mean, come on. How could they possibly? The TSA can't even figure out what its own rules are at this uh, point. So... Um, so that's it, huh? Yeah, he told of the change on Friday night. Uh, told of the change on Friday night. Micah said he intends to launch an investigation and review the matter. Hmm. You it's, know why? You know why? Oh, you can. Co- is there more to this? I mean, yeah, yeah. There's going, a little more. I've got something about this Micah character. Yep. It's unimaginable that TSA would suspend the most successful performing passenger screen- screening program we've seen over the last decade. Unimaginable. Oh wow. Micah said Friday night, the agency should concentrate on cutting some more of the 3,700 administrative personnel in Washington who concoct this decision and reduce the army of TSA employees that has ballooned as more than 62,000. Boy, thank goodness he cares so much about uh, slicing back government, right? Oh, wait, this is the same guy who uh, ran the war on, like, you know, was a major drug warrior and probably still is. In the, and what he wasn't complaining when George Bush was in charge. No. No. Nearly every positive security innovation since the beginning of the TSA has come from the contractor screening program, Micah said. Uh, a Union for Transportation Security Administration employee said it supported the decision to halt the program. <laughs> really? <laughs> the union for the TSA employees doesn't want uh, that it doesn't mind that the, the private contractors competing with the TSA employees have been halted. Let's hmm. talk to Vince in Indiana. Vince, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Meg, and Mark. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing? There's a lady here, too. What's on your mind tonight? And, uh, okay, and I, I, I'm i sorry. <laughs> Ladies first, right? Go ahead, Vince. But uh, uh, there was a, a gentleman here. Um, he's a libertarian on the city council for Indianapolis. And he proposed that they, uh, you know, uh, I guess bring up some type of resolution, which they didn't do, to uh, halt the TSA screenings out there at the Indianapolis International Airport. Mm-hmm. But now I noticed, I watched my little government channel, Yeah, and guess what they're asking for? They're asking for more money. Who, the, who is? The, the airport authority. Ah. They're asking from the state 
and from the city of Indianapolis. Well, there's because never enough, is what? there, Vince? There's huh? never, there's never enough. I mean, they yeah. always have to have harassing more. people well, is expensive I mean, business. But their passenger, the number of passengers actually is declined by what was it, forty two percent. Wow. Hey, thanks, wow. Vince, for the call. Appreciate hearing wow. from you tonight at 800-259-9231. The TSA is just doing an excellent job in driving people away from American airports. 42%. Well, that's why they need more funding, because uh, as the passengers dry up, they're not getting as much taxes from each ticket. I mean, if you've got half the tickets yeah. that are being sold, you've got half the revenue as far as taxes. Are and there's it. like so many stupid little... I know there's a 9-11 tax on every single airline mm-hmm. ticket. Yeah like i'm paying because some crazy man like drove a plane into a building you know like i'm taxed for that you'll That's pay because so we bad. say so you'll you'll pay whatever we say <laughs> or you'll just stop flying which is apparently what 42 percent of oh, people yeah. have done in india and, and some airlines have managed to make themselves more profitable by cutting routes so i mean what <laughs> you're already seeing the beginning of it they're cutting the routes out pretty soon a couple of them will die off and you'll you'll have one airline left and uh, the government will have to nationalize that one yeah, and it'll cost $30 to bring on a carry-on, let alone a bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, oh, and don't forget how awful. you're going to get treated. Yeah. I just wonder when they're going to start charging for bathroom use on the planes. Well, they've already had the idea of having those, um, what are they, the bracelets that like give you a shock if you get out of line or something. Yeah. And you have to put it on when you check in and wow. it, it attaches you with your baggage when you go to the baggage claim and it's just like some of the things that they have proposed are beyond ridiculous and people are looking at it like viable options well i want to come back and talk about this uh character this john micah normally I don't like focusing on politicians but this one uh deserves it because he has been out on the forefront of this privatization issue making himself look like a, a small government conservative will slash back the tsa look i'm so you know i'm the man well what's his real motivation We'll find out here in a moment. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on the site totally free. Again, freetalklive.com. Much to discuss here tonight. Of course, your calls are the primary element uh, if you make them. Also, don't forget to visit our website at freetalklive.com where you'll find different features. You'll find that they're free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their sites. We've got a mobile site, in fact. You've got a smartphone. You can just punch up m.freetalklive.com, get quick access to software. That'll allow you to, uh, to tune into our live streams. You can get to our streams that way. Plus, there's also access to the podcasts on our mobile site. That's m.freetalklive.com. 
If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI, the main sponsor of Free Talk Live, has been for a very long time. I don't know about main sponsor, but they're one of the main sponsors. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. All right, so let's continue with your calls and then more on this TSA privatization uh, issue. Uh, but first, Shane is in Kansas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Meg, and Mark. Hello, Shane. Oh, you've got to turn down whatever that is. I don't know if it was people or... Okay. Thanks for the call. Hey, it's one of those uh, little playback things from yeah. the internet. A playback thing? Uh, soundboards. Yeah. Soundboard. Oh. In attempts to be funny, many people use soundboards. Uh, with- yeah, they they fail every time. Yeah, yeah. We've had a couple bad crank calls last uh, the last night, and normally when we get a spate of crankers, it's fairly rare that it happens. Uh, usually. If we get crankers, they are they come in in a bulk. Uh, yeah, batch. It's, it's usually like from some posting on Fark or something. Right, right. Well, not, it's never been Fark. That's uh, let's see. There's well, been the vestibule like yeah. uh, or te vestibule, t e h vestibule. <laughs> um, I tried to go there last night to see if it was them again, but their site was down. So, or at least I couldn't get onto it. Uh, and nobody's given us a heads up as to what it is. Usually, the chat room's pretty good at figuring these things yeah. out. Uh, but anyway, yeah, most of the time they really are awful. 800-259-9231. But we right. appreciate a good crank on a this good show. Crank. There's nothing wrong yeah. with a good crank. I, I miss whatever happened to the uh, John Lennon and whatever guy. Lennon Murder Truth. Yeah. I miss that guy. That was always fun. I'm not sure he was cranking us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I took it as one. Those so. are always <laughs> funny. Yeah, those are always some of the best is you know the character callers that you're not real sure. Like <laughs> some people. Like, are they, are they in? Do it or not. Right. Are they real? Like some people don't believe Scott the Bigot is real. I believe he is. I can't believe anybody who would be a cranker would be so dedicated to being hate filled on the radio. It seems seems unbelievable. There's also a guy uh, that called a long time ago and we've heard from him, I think, within the last year. Jamie Tojaso from Kentucky Mm -hmm. plays this kind of uh, toothless uh, hick. And, uh, you know. I don't know if he's real or not. He's one of those borderline guys. The reason he got the name Tojaso is because he basically made early on made several predictions and uh, and, and said, you know, and once it happens, you'll be able to say, Jamie told you so. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. So uh, eight hundred. His grandma worked at uh, dollar the dollar store. 800-259-9231. So I wanted to comment a little further on this uh, privatization idea. Mark, you just brought us the news. that The TSA has decided, yeah, well, we were going to let you airports, uh, you know, privatize your security force, but ah, screw it. We can't see any reason for you to do that. Right. I mean, they say they don't They don't see any reason. <laughs> did this affect um, Florida's? I know that they were interested in, uh, like, switching over at some point at one of their major airports. Well, so. it was it was an airport in Orlando. They made it seem like it was a major airport, not a major airport. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> So but, just some guy's like backyard where he throws paper airplanes well, it's was probably, privatized. It's probably more than that. Okay. <laughs> if they uh, if they've already been in, then they were grandfathered in. They're still allowed. Like if they were okay. already on board with the private security, then they're still allowed to be on board with it. They haven't yanked that out from under them. But anybody new, any airports that 
at this point are deciding they want to give it a shot. It's you're sorry, not right. not accepting yeah. your application. The, TS, the TSA, the head of the TSA, Pistole, whatever his name is, can't uh, can't see any reason. The fact that you want to is not a reason. <laughs> right. Well, he's in charge. Mark. Right. You have to see. You have to even apply. You have to beg permission from them in the first place. Or when you could, you'd have to beg permission from the TSA to even have them allow you to do this. So I've actually had this sitting in my show prep stack for a few weeks. We've never gotten to it. Becky Akers over at LouRockwell.com comments on this uh, John Micah character. And remember, Mark, when this first came out, you were singing his praises. Oh, Representative Micah, you're so small government. Oh, look at what you're doing. This <laughs> is great. That, I don't know that I, I went all that way, but and you I just was hate Im- politicians. I was immediately on this guy saying, whoa, this guy is not a friend of freedom. Look out. And now Becky Akers has uncovered the truth. I, I need some, I, I have to hear some audio from the, the, this exchange that you're talking about here. We may despise our sociopathic rulers, says acres but our contempt for them doesn't come close to theirs for us witness how they play us for fools as they prattle about privatizing the groping and ogling that they inflict on passengers at airports at the height of voters fury against the tsa last november representative john the toupee micah sent a letter to some 200 airports he advised them to opt out not from their porno scanners but from the tsa and not from its atrocities or control but only from its employees Micah exhorted his correspondents to hire private screeners instead, as if that would change anything whatever, including taxpayers footing the bill for their own abuse. Whether private or public hands paw us, we're on the hook for $7 billion annually. Yet the toupee and many airports managers pretend that privatization will improve passenger service. Right. When the method used to search your body is on par with a sexual massage by a stranger of the same sex, it helps if the deviant who gropes your buttocks and rubs your anus and groin, who fondles you inappropriately and puts her hands forcefully in between your legs, draws a paycheck from a private company rather than from dirty old Uncle Sam. The toupee is one of the TSA's godfathers. He claims that he helped author the legislation spawning it. Though Congress passed his bill so soon after 9-11 that cynics suspect it originated long before and was simply waiting in the wings for an appropriate crisis. Sounds right. You might yeah. think that after foisting such colossal wickedness as the TSA on us, the toupee would scurry back into his sewer in shame. Failing that, you might suppose it would strip him of all credibility so that when he opens his mealy mouth, the media wouldn't drop to its knees and kiss his butt. Sadly, you'd be wrong on both counts. While passengers suffer horrifically from the toupee's evil, he hasn't at all. The media's morons and statists continue to genuflect before this expert rather than blame him for our national nightmare. Indeed, they cheer his hypocritical scolding of his brainchild, which proves the sorry mess of American journalism. As if we needed further evidence, the only thing toupee understands about aviation is how to tax it. He's never worked a single day in the industry. Prior to his election in Congress in 1992, Micah established several successful business ventures, including real estate, communications, international trade consulting, and governmental affairs firms. The toupee knows nothing more of aviation than your average passenger does. And your average passenger has better hair. But the nincompoops in Congress never hold little, uh, never hold a little ignorance against a tyrant. Micah is the ranking Republican on the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. Once the new Congress convenes in January, the lawmaker is expected to lead the committee, where he'll do. You know, I, w- I want to comment on this uh, here real quick. I want, the reason I was late last night coming on to the show was because I decided to go to a, a town meeting, a town planning board meeting that uh, they're they're going to introduce, uh, you know, legislation that makes it so that you have to ask permission to put up a, uh, a windmill in your property. Oh, the head of the committee, nice lady, I'm not saying she's not, asked me, 
How big is a home, uh, you know, uh, wind wind generator system? They're going to put legislation in place. And they know nothing. And they know nothing. All right, there's more coming up here, including John's little dirty secret regarding this private security proposal. More coming up. Free Talk Live. With so much economic confusion, who can you trust for straight talk? For years, author and investor Peter Schiff has been in the front of the pack, pointing out the insanity while offering real investment solutions. Now, all of Peter's videos, articles, and TV appearances are compiled into a free email. The EP Weekly Digest, which contains the fresh insights by Peter and other Europac voices, like the hard-charging Mike Pinto. To subscribe, please go to epweeklydigest.com, epweeklydigest.com. Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. as the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there. We've got a lot of stuff, including our webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact. The chat room is built into the same page as the cam, so just go to cam.freetalklive.com. And you can do all that for free. That's cam.freetalklive.com, courtesy of Memory Dealers. MemoryDealers.com is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer great prices and services on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches. They have the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. They also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. In stock, ready to ship, the overnight delivery, it's MemoryDealers.com. All right, so we're continuing here with a piece from LouRockwell.com's Becky Akers, who is the lady on the spot when it comes to critiquing the TSA and just really jumping all over these guys. She's been doing it for quite a long time. Good for her. Yeah, doing a great job. Uh, and what she's doing here is she's revealing the truth about this character, this so-called representative John Micah from, as she calls him, the toupee uh, from Florida, who has been in political office for many years. He was apparently the primary author of the legislation that created the TSA. And now he, now that the Bush administration is done, now he can all of a sudden uh, critique his own creation. Uh, and he's now come out in the last month when the whole privatization idea came forth. He was a, he was pushing it, saying that, you know, this needs to happen. The TSA is too bloated and I'm a small government conservative and, yeah. you know, using it as an opportunity to promote himself. And uh, there's more to the story. So we'll continue here. Uh, once the Congress says convened in January, the lawmakers expected to lead the House Transportation Infrastructure Committee, where he'll no doubt continue pushing the scam of privatization. In the past 13 years, Micah has received almost $81,000 in campaign donations from political action committees and executives connected to some of the private contractors already at the 16 U.S. airports. Hmm. But there's more. How convenient, then, that airport managers who are fed up with the TSA itch to replace its goons with private ones, though they'll sexually assault us as outrageously as their federal counterparts do. Passengers at opt-out airports won't be able to sidestep security procedures. TSA sets the security standards that must be followed, and that includes the use of enhanced pat-downs and imaging technology if installed at the airport, according to the TSA spokesperson. Of course, as we've told you now, they're pulling that option off the table entirely. 
This was precisely the arrangement in place on the morning of 9-11, though it was the FAA rather than the TSA setting the security standards by which the so-called private screeners searched passengers. The items they swiped from us, the uh, magnetometers, the x-raying of our carry-on bags, the FAA dictated all these indignities down to the tiniest detail. So by urging airports to return to this system, the toupee tacitly admits that his legislation wigged out. Not even that dims his luster with the press. Representative John Micah calls the TSA a bloated, poorly focused, and top-heavy bureaucracy. MSNBC. <laughs> the funny part is, is that like he's responsible for having passed this stuff. That's right. And it's, you know, like there's no responsibility placed by the 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 press on him you know like oh i didn't i never imagined mm-hmm. for a second this would happen he's been in government a very long time and it seems so, sort of disingenuous to for a politician to imagine that somehow a uh, you know government bureaucracy that they create wouldn't grow into a you know bloated inefficient government bureaucracy they all are especially something you know as big as dealing with every single passenger of every single flight in america i mean that's it's a given it's going to get way too big they've done a really great job of taking care of that according to the numbers that we just read there that uh, that they were saying that flights were down 42 percent so in fact uh, our passengers uh, were down 42 percent so they've gotten managed to get rid of 42 percent of the passengers only 58 percent remain for them to fondle and pretty soon it's a lot less work yeah they they put if they put enough uh, put enough roadblocks in place i mean you know they're they're already taking your water bottles and your nail clippers i don't know what else they're gonna take fired 42 percent of the tsa staff no no, no, they're more. Yeah, they're getting bigger. MSNBC breathlessly reported uh, to, on what John Micah had said. But yeah, everybody else would say the same thing. But morons don't thrust microphones and cameras in their faces. Meanwhile, commercial airports are on board with the toupee. And no wonder government, whether municipal or state, owns and manages them. The TSA has grown too big and we're unhappy with the way it's doing things, said Larry Dale, the president of Orlando Sanford International Airport. My that's board, the one you were talking about there previously. The little one that yeah. sounds big, but is not big. Uh, but my board is sold on the fact that the free enterprise system works well, and that we should go with a <laughs> private company we can hold directly accountable security for security and customer satisfaction. Larry, you're either an imbecile or you assume we are. This isn't free enterprise or anything close to it. In fact, it's as antithetical to both freedom and enterprise as Obama is. But this does set up the free enterprise system as a handy fall guy, doesn't it? Should another 9-11 occur, you and the toupee can shake your heads and hold the free enterprise system and those private screeners directly accountable, just as the feds did after the first one. Nor does it matter whether Leviathan pays the rapists manning the checkpoints or whether the beast funnels the money through a private company. There won't be a dime's worth of difference because the TSA will still mandate the molestation and all its minutia. Indeed, we don't even need to flip for another article for confirmation. After quoting Larry's lunacy, MSNBC notes that the TSA issues the request for proposal and selects and manages the contractor that steps in. That's according to the Director of Community Affairs at San Francisco International, one of the first airports to adopt private screeners. That's right. The toupees private screeners have invested San Francisco's airport for years. And yet the place hasn't earned a reputation as an oasis of common sense that treats passengers as customers and not criminals. Has it? Indeed, airport officials say most travelers don't know if the screeners performing pat-down checks work for the TSA or a private company. It seems we can safely conclude that the problem isn't private or public perverts, but the vile TSA. Which brings us to the only guy showing intelligence in the MSNBC's uh, entire story. Privatization may be a step in the right direction, but ultimately it doesn't change the fact that the people at the top are idiots, said aviation consultant Michael Boyd of Colorado-based Boyd Group International. It's a good thing he owns his own company because he'd be fired tomorrow morning if 
<laughs> Indeed, Mike would have uh, been in the running for our Genius Award had he stopped there. Unfortunately, he added, the real problem is the TSA needs to be totally rebuilt. Nope, it needs to be totally abolished, as Akers yeah, says. Yeah, unbuilt. Yeah, and I uh, entirely agree. But Well, we need, uh, you know, I mean, we need to give our uh, ideas of how things would work in a free marketplace. Um, you know, if, you're, if we're going to say things like, we need to get rid of the TSA, because people are concerned about, well, if, if you say get rid of it, then how are we going to get security? The government provides most of the security that people see throughout their lives, but it doesn't necessarily provide the best security or the most responsible security. Well, I just wonder, where did people get it in their heads that anybody else is responsible for their security? Well, why, why do we need to replace anything at all? You're in charge of that yourself. Well, I think that you know when you're talking about going on to a you know a, a piece of public transportation by public, I mean open to the public um, transportation where they're not in control. I do think that 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 company, that airplane, has a responsibility to provide some level of security. But wouldn't it be upon the person to find that? Like an airline that does the amount of security sure. that they feel comfortable with. I mean, that's what I mean by personal responsibility is, you know, you, people, you tell them that you want to abolish TSA. They're saying, what can we do to replace it? It's like it's n- nobody's responsibility to replace it except for those who want the security. Well, And they will want it. And the airlines will respond and the airlines yeah. will provide whatever levels. Right. Airlines can't can't be losing passengers and airplanes all day long. That's for sure. So they need to have some level of uh, of security. And I can tell you some of the first things that will go is you'll be able to bring your own water bottle on the yeah. plane. You know, Goodness. it won't matter how big the tube of toothpaste is. It, it is that you bring. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and also another thing you need to we need to point out is is that in this world of uh, you know terrorism that it's the United States government that has brought upon itself a certain level of that terrorism they've gone into foreign countries and created situations where people in those foreign countries propped up dictators like Mubarak uh, the the guy from Tunisia I can't even remember his name off the top of my head uh, you know the Saudi Arabian king and you know the, the people see this and they find it abhorrent and they want to do something about it. I don't think the oh. best thing to do is to blow up uh, you know, private buildings in the United States, but I can see why they think that is. And here's the real yeah. kicker. Guess who's based in John Micah's home district? One of the companies that does the airport private screening. <laughs> a company called Covenant. So that gives you a little more information about who this guy really is. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The The GPS GPS Black Black Box Box Dash Cam. Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at FreedomCam.net. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you this evening, it is Ian. And Meg. And Mark. All right. And you can join us on our website, of course, at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us. You just start your shopping at Amazon through our special link, which is shop.freetalklive.com. 
Uh, that'll take you to Amazon and allow you to buy whatever it is you normally would buy at Amazon. It's just that we're going to get a cut of the sale. Same great prices, same huge selection, dozens of categories, even used items, brand new items. A lot of them have free Super Saver shipping, so don't miss uh, miss out on your opportunity to get that. And start your shopping through our link. That's shop.freetalklive.com. It'll be a great way to get your shopping done and help Free Talk Live all at the same time. The archives are brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. they got more than 4,500 templates over there. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, you'll let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. Use that portal that we've created, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com, and you'll get your first month completely free. They have a 99% uptime guarantee, 45-day money-back guarantee, 24-7 technical support, everything you could want from a website hosting service. They do, and they're one of the big names, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. All right, so we're going to continue. We'll take your phone calls, and then coming up, a really bad uh, idea coming out of South Dakota. First, Scott is in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Yes, uh, good evening, uh, Ian Speak Mark of and, the devil. And Meg, how are you? Very well. What's up, Scott? Thanks. Go ahead. Uh, you know, what's going on in Egypt is going to affect the United States directly. But before I say that, how it's going to affect the United States, uh, Mubarak is going to be overthrown like the Shah of Iran, and behind the shadows uh, is, uh, is the CIA and the Mossad, which is, is the Zionist secret police, to destabilize uh You Egypt think that the, the CIA is behind this? Absolutely. But this guy is a politically connected uh, U.S. puppet, basically, right? I mean, he's kind of in there because they're okay with him. Yeah, they've been, they've been fine with him for 30 years. It doesn't matter. You know, when the Shah of Iran was deposed in 1979, the CIA installed the Shah. All right, they installed the Shah. Then he was overthrown. Our government plays so many games, and in the Middle East, we're bogged down in Iraq and Afghanistan, and, 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 and the, we're aligned with, with the Zionists. I am not aligned yeah. with anybody. I'd I like don't... to say point of correction. I'm not my government. Sorry. Yeah. It, it's not my government either. Unfortunately, uh, we have to live here, and we have a Zionist-occupied government. I don't even know what that means. Let me explain what it means. Yeah. A Zionist-occupied government means that the media is controlled by the New York Times, uh, ABC, CBS, the about? Jews, the, the uh, Goldman Bigot Sachs, stuff. Bear Stearns. You are so Russia. out of control. The whole idea that the media is controlled by the New York Times. I mean, controlled what are you talking about? Let I, me explain. Uh, is this show not considered the media? I mean, we're yeah. not on the radio, on 93 radio stations across the country. Is that not the media in your mind? I'm saying that the Jews control the bulk of the media. The Jews control Wall Street. The, the, the Wall, uh, Goldman Sachs, Bear Stearns, the Rothschild family controls uh, these, these, these giant banking houses. Well, uh, uh, so you're making when you say the Jews, it makes it seem like this uh, this this big group of people or whatever managed to uh, control everything. And, and I've pointed out in the past, and you, you I've known a lot of Jews that don't control anything. Right, of those yeah. you, you don't, you, and you don't really address it. Is that there have been a great deal of Jewish philosophers and um, economic philosophers and economists that have uh, come out against the monetary system as it exists? Um, you know, whether you're talking Rothbard. about Milton Friedman, uh, uh, Rothbard, uh, I, I think that Peter. Schiff. I mean, I think Schiff's a Jewish name. I don't know all these things. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't study which names are Jewish and which ones aren't. That's not uh, something that's important to me. But I mean, right. all these guys that are Jewish are coming out against these systems. 
Exactly how do they fit into the conspiracy, Let me Scott? rephrase the it. Plants. Let me rephrase it. They're in, the, the people that control the United States and the world are international Jews. If you what want to learn more to about this, you need to read The International I, Jew I don't by want to Henry learn Ford. more about no. this. It just sounds like bigoted hatred. Yeah. What is it's, that supposed it, to it, mean? It's, it's on. It's, it's, this is what's going on I'm sure on that Peter America Schiff today. has traveled around the world. Does that make him an international Jew? What is the definition of an international Jew? An international Jew is, is, is a person like Lloyd Blankfein that controls uh, Goldman Sachs. It's part of the Jewish question. The Jewish question means this. Uh. How did the Jews get to their power? What are they doing there? Why do they achieve you power? You have not answered such- the question. Yeah. I'm looking for a responsive answer. You made the declaration. Mark blew all kinds of holes in your claim that the Jews are in charge of everything and they want to, you know, whatever Zionism, blah, blah, blah. Mark blew holes in your claims and you did, you could, all you said to respond to it was, well, they're not international Jews. It's not the right so, type of Jews. What is an international Jew? Please an, define it. An international Jew is a individual or individuals that uh, control governments, that control banking houses. So uh, so let me get this straight. I just, I just need to get this straight. So yeah. you're saying that people that control governments and control uh, you know, banking organizations are always Jewish, but all Jews aren't always people that control governments and banking organizations. Is that what you're saying? That's correct, such as the Orthodox Jews that are religious. They, it, they're not world controlled. But you, but you hate them all, right, Scott? I hate Jews in the sense that they have, they, they have caused the problems to mankind. They? Yes, Henry Ford. Why do you have to group everybody into the same? I mean, we just pointed out that there are disparate views between individuals who might be labeled as Jewish. There's also horrible people out there who aren't Jewish. There are horrible Christians out there. There's and a lot more people Muslims. that aren't Jewish than are Jewish. So I would go out on a limb and say there are a lot more horrible people that aren't Jewish than people that are. There are horrible atheists. There are horrible all kinds of people. So, Scott, you, you, you know, all you ever have to offer is just groupthink and putting people into stereotypes that don't, you know, do not belong. We've shown clearly that there are people with disparate views within the Jewish religion or the Jewish, you know, race, if you want to use that term. The Jewish race. Uh, it, it, and you just completely ignore it. You know, you, it, would it be possible for you to understand that people are different and they have different belief systems? Uh, I believe that, uh, that, that humanity is so flawed. I, I believe that there are superior races. I believe there are inferior races. I believe but what you're are so flaws, mixed Scott. at this point. I mean, I, I'm sure anybody would look at me and say, well, that's a white guy. But, um, you know, the fact is I, I happen to know from uh, a genetic situation with my, uh, when my child was born that I'm not entirely white. So, I mean, the, you, you just don't know. And, Scott, I, I've got to say, I think you should go get yourself a genetic test. They're really, <laughs> oh, really cheap. Too scary for them. Yeah, or you could do one of those um, back background things that they do with dna now which basically it shows that you're derived from one of six different groups that started in the world and the majority of people end up being jewish really in their background yeah there's like two full groups that most people came from that are based out of jewish faith or jewish what would you think about yourself scott if you found out that you had jewish heritage uh 
it would it, it would it would be I might as well a doctor might as well come into a room and say that I have cancer well, or diabetes. Oh, but you just said that all Jews. I mean, you had just said that um, you know that all people that control governments and banks were Jewish, but not all people. You should get yourself Jews, right? a bank. Well, I don't think you can be a genetically an international Jew, right? I mean, uh, that's not if my understanding. Wanna, of if what you want to understand this, it's very complex. I don't really. You need no. It's you not need that to, complex, Scott. Yeah. It's no. just, you're complex. angry and hateful. It's, it's very all. simple. You, you, you I don't need, know how it started for you. It was probably daddy that uh, that you know taught you how to hate people because they're different from you, or at least that's what he told you. Or and he didn't love you enough. Yeah, well, maybe that was it. That could be yeah. it, Meg. If, uh, if you want, if, if you if your audience wants to learn more about this, goodbye, Scott. Thank it. you for the call tonight. Appreciate <laughs> hearing from you. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI. I will never understand it. Yeah. You'll never understand what? That kind of bigotry. You know, just that. Yeah. I just know what people are going to act like because of their ethnicity. I mean, it's, it's, it's just generation upon generation of ignorance propagating itself. I, I, I've never understood it because up until I was maybe six years old, you know, like when you see a dog give birth to puppies, it can have white puppies or spotted puppies or black. Mm. That's how I thought people worked, too. So I didn't understand race mm. for like the first, you know, good eight years of my life. As far so, as I'm concerned, there's no reason to even understand. Race. Yeah. So I, mean, I just I don't understand the bigotry. I, I it's so just it how can you approach sense. a person and say, because of, you know, your background, I hate you. I don't hate the people who are doing the the oppressing around the world, and they are not Jewish. They are all kinds of people. They are they are human beings who have gotten it into their heads uh, some very wrong, twisted ideas, like Scott, and it's viewpoints like Scott's that result in things like genocide and mm-hmm. result in things like destruction of uh, societies. And, right, like he can deny genocide all all he would want, but I mean, it's it takes that level of hate to to do that kind of thing. Absolutely, the the level of hate to where you can look at another human being and say that you are somehow lesser than mm-hmm. other human beings. You are not human being. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's sick. It's Scott that's the one that's sick. It's Scott is the one that has a problem. And I don't think there's anything we can do to help him. I mean, we've tried talking to him over the years, and he's still just as angry as he's ever been. More coming up. You take control. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. All right, so we're going to jump right into your phone calls, and then coming up... The Super Bowl is imminent, and some people are pretty upset because sex workers will come into town. Mm -hmm. 
Mark, you're going to tell us about that. But first, to the phones and your thoughts. Stephen is in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Stephen. Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm just calling about uh, kind of what transpired on your last phone call, uh, sort of. Um, I think that uh, a guy like that, you know, doesn't have a lot of power. Um, you know, he's not a guy really... like. I'm sorry, you're going to have to. Uh, re- I guess let's recap here. You're talking about Scott the bigot. For anybody that just uh, is tuning in here, a very hate-filled uh, individual. Uh, is that who you're referencing? Yeah, I mean, if I, I would just call him Scott. I think he has views that maybe you are upset about. I myself kind of am sort of taking it with a grain of salt. Uh, I wouldn't really call him Scott the bigot. I understand that you're angry at Scott, but, you know, I... Well, I'm not angry I, at Scott. I pity him. Okay, you're, you're upset with his views. But no, I, I have, just pity him. He's a sad, sad man. And he is a bigot, so I'm going to continue calling him well, Scott the Bigot. I, so let me let, let me tell you one of the reasons why I don't uh, chasten Ian for doing such a thing. And I agree that it's uh, it, you know it puts him in you know this little box and it makes him more difficult to get out of. But we've been talking to Scott for quite some time now, a couple it's been years, a couple of years, and his views tend to be the same. And one of the things that concerns me is that when people hear him talking on the radio and he gets, he calls on a pretty regular basis, sometimes multiple times a week. And my concern is, is that what they'll think is the free talk live is an opportunity for bigots to get on and talk about whatever they want. So I, I you know, just to protect the integrity of the show, I don't mind him being called that. Please go ahead and respond. Well, okay. I guess what I'm saying is, if you do think Scott is a bigot, you know Scott doesn't have a lot of power. All right, people like Scott, if he is a bigot, don't have a lot of power over other people. I don't think there's a lot of people like Scott in the government. How do you know? Well, uh, be, well, okay. All right. If if you're saying there is. Uh, I don't know where you're getting that idea from. Well, there's the Robert Byrd guy and the uh, Strom Thurmond were both pretty, uh, pretty big time bigots, and they managed to stay in for a very right. long time. Those guys are gone. They are now, but I mean, you know, this—it's a new generation where one m- must keep one's bigotry a little, uh, little less on one's sleeve, yeah, right? Just because yeah. they don't call, uh, just because the politicians don't call talk radio shows and spew their hatred, doesn't mean that they are, uh, you know, these paragons of virtue as far as their beliefs about other people. I, I disagree. I, I think that uh, certain types of bigotry and racism you can wear on your sleeve in this country, and I think it's. I, I think there are several inter- instances of that that I can name, and it doesn't involve Jews and blacks. Please go ahead. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'd like to cite the uh, comment by Robert Reichu at the time during the stimulus package hearing. Uh, just after seven days after uh, President Obama was elected and his comments concerning white male construction workers. Okay, the, the comment was this. I'm concerned that these stimulus package funds not necessarily go to white male construction workers. Now, I didn't hear, uh, you know, I haven't heard you guys speak about that, but to me... We don't talk about politicians typically on this program. That's, a, that's basically institutional racism, if you ask me. Then there's the instance of the Justice Department ruling uh, concerning the Black Panther intimidation of white voters uh, in Philadelphia. Okay, and they did not rule against, they did not prosecute the Black Panthers, who one of them had a weapon, uh, a club in his hand. And you can see it on YouTube. Now, my point about this is that that was not prosecuted. Now, that's the, the lack of prosecution in that case. What are we talking about here? We're talking about institutional racism. No, no, not what, when. 
Oh, with right. the Black Panther thing that happened during the uh, Obama uh, election, yeah. they were no, intimidating people uh, into voting for Obama at that particular voting location. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, no. What? Okay, so you're, you're obviously not aware of what transpired. That's okay. I don't hold it against you. She is. She's a, she's aware of it. You guys, you guys aren't. So that's something that you need to, to be informed about, and I'm well, glad I could tell you about it. Well, I, I, I appreciate it, but I mean, you know, what, one of my thoughts is is that the more you talk about racism, the more you have racism. So, like, the, what I see racism as is, uh, you know, the uh, let, let's use blacks and whites because that seems to be the biggest uh, form out there. Is I think that you know, uh, you know, when when black people think about themselves as a group, and I, I don't think people should think about themselves as a group, but when they do they say you know those people over there their ancestors or whatever treated my ancestors poorly and sometimes some people that look like them will treat me and my uh, family poorly and so they they have this kind of uh, you know this, this con complex about you know white people and that kind of thing and what that'll do is that'll have white people some of them get reactive um, by saying hey I never owned a slave I've never done anything like this and what I see in my life is sometimes uh, you know some black people get high over white people and all this other stuff. And, you know, what I think it is ended up being is this kind of hot potato match where people throw the, the racism thing back and forth. And I don't think that serves anything. I, as a, you know, as a guy that most people would perceive as white, and I don't even claim a race anymore because I think it's stupid. Um, as, as, a, as a guy that most people would consider white, I'm not seeing racism on my, it doesn't offend me that, uh, you know, some politician somewhere said something like, I'd like to see this program go to black people i don't think government programs should exist in and to benefit any one particular group whether mm. those people are white or black do you mm. understand what I, where i'm coming from on this one uh well sort of but let's put it this way um when the comment was made about the white male construction workers, it was about exclusion of white male construction workers on basis of race but and for that, government contracts right and that, hey, and that was, yeah, and that was stated by uh, Robert Reich. Well, let's, you know, let's, the problem is then with government contracts. Don't, wouldn't you agree that the government is doling out so much of the work in the area of construction? Okay, I, here's my take on it. You want to talk about government contracts and say it's a problem. I'm speaking about institutional racism. Okay. I think it goes both ways. I mean, I think that uh, I think that driving while black is still a uh, still a real problem in this country. I do agree that politicians will sometimes favor one ethnic group over another. All these things are true. But when you start lobbing barbs at one group over another, then you're only perpetuating the problem. You're not solving it. Right. I'm not. I'm not. Uh throwing barbs, what I'm doing is I'm trying to bring up to you instances of institutional racism, which I feel are by people who are in power in the government who actually have power. I okay, but up, didn't you start your call by claiming that the people in government aren't racist? No, I never said anything okay, like that. Okay, maybe I, I, miss, I totally misunderstood you then. Okay, so yeah, that's that racist People like uh, Bird and, and Strom Thurmond, um, that those guys were gone. And I, th I think the suggestion was being made that, that racism doesn't exist against black people in the federal government. No, what I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is this. Eric Holder, okay, refused to prosecute black panthers on basis of race. That is... That is institutional racism against Okay, so are you going to stop paying taxes? 
Again, excuse me, against the victims of those excuse crimes. Excuse me, are you going to stop paying taxes? So the fact is that that is injustice. <laughs> are you, you going to stop paying taxes? You seem very upset about you this. You seem very upset about the white people having the institutional racism. But you do understand that black people in this country are executed on a much higher level, that, they're, um, in, that, that they have uh, crimes prosecuted against them on a much higher level than whites. Why aren't you beating that drum? You sound yeah. like a bigot when you say stuff like this. Here's the thing. I grew up in PG County, Maryland, okay? That means I nothing to me. I understand racial disparity. I think it's wrong that this drug war has so many black people in prison, okay? Great. You can't play that card with me, bud. I'm not playing it with you. I am not calling you a bigot. I'm telling you that the way that you're talking makes you sound like one, and I'm trying to give you the opportunity to not. It sounds like you've got this uh, you know, chip on your shoulder, and I agree with you. There's racists in government. Okay, let's get rid of government. Thanks for the call. <laughs> 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Carnation Breakfast Essentials, helping your family get off to a nutritious start every day. Mornings can be chaotic, but a little advanced work will take the pressure off. The night before, organize backpacks and put them at the door, along with anything else that your kids need for the day. Set a timer for five minutes before departure to give everyone a chance to mobilize, and off you go. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on the site totally free. Got a lot of stuff there, including the bulletin board system. You can go to bbs.freetalklive.com. Get interactive with other listeners there. It's our message board, bbs.freetalklive.com. So how does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? The cruise isn't just a convention on the water. There'll certainly be some speeches and uh, a debate. It's, but it's really an unconference where the event's what you want to make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and a, and a whole bunch more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November, but you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535 double occupancy. The deadline is March the 1st. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com and do it today. It's cruise.freetalklive.com. You don't need to have the whole 535 to reserve. You can uh, have as little as $200 reserve, and then you can uh, you know, pay later. It's um, cruise.freetalklive.com. So let's continue taking your phone calls. Then coming up, the Super Bowl and the sex trade. First, David is in New Hampshire. David, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Meg, and Mark. Good evening, hey, David. ladies and gentlemen. What's on your mind? I was just going to respond to, like, Scott, and uh, I don't know, man. It hurts my heart when I hear somebody with such a, such a, against. Yeah, I met many Jewish people, and I've always found them just, like, great. I, I just thought they were great, the ones I met. I think if he met some and was friends with them, and besides that, one thing, he talked about this cancer. When you all started talking about him, if he found some Jewish blood in the system, and you know, that was kind of fun. But um, And then he said cancer. The only cancer he has is the hate 
He'll That's eat his you up. cancer. That is the cancer he has. Absolutely. In my, in my opinion. Hate and only hurts the hater, no doubt. Exactly. And I don't know. I just, you know, I hope he, I hope he, um, you know. I, I think you're right. What you said earlier, David, is, is if he could find a Jewish person or a black person that he could connect with, but that would require him to actually connect with people. And from what I, from what I understand of our conversations with him over the years is he's a fairly antisocial individual who, you know, basically holes up in his apartment and then, you know, reads his hate, bu- hate books and yeah. likely visits hate websites mm-hmm. and essentially the world of hatred consumes him. He has hatred for not just, I mean, when he calls the show, he focuses on certain groups that he hates more than others clearly but he has disdain for anyone who isn't in his sort of white anglo-saxon protestant uh mold and so therefore he's less than likely to even be friendly towards others to even have the opportunity to encounter and have a positive experience with somebody who may have a different blood stream than him or a different I'm origin sure he has encountered those people and just yeah. didn't know and, right. you know, might kick himself later when he finds out. But, you know, he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy who is um, someone who can even meet people. People, I was just in general. Say, right. I was going to say one other thing. Um, sure. If he if uh, if he's so uh, bothered by maybe there are some Jewish people who have a lot of money and do have some power, you know, but. Why doesn't he go out and get some power himself? I mean, he could work hard. Maybe those people were like hardworking, nose to the grindstone, and they worked hard, and they and maybe they did accumulate some money and power. He could do that. People can do that. He could, but thankfully he hasn't because then he'd have power. And uh, <laughs> right. well, he'd understand if he, if he went out and worked hard, then he'd understand how you have to work with other people. That's and, true. Um, it, may, it would probably mitigate his stance to a great deal. Right. You don't make it on top by screwing people over in general. That doesn't tend to work for a long term positive business. Uh, screwing your customers over and and hating and being angry at them. You <laughs> have to serve them. You have to give them things that they want, and you have to give them. Them meaning as many of them as possible, not discriminating against different groups of people because you have some sort of an issue. That's just going to hurt your business. It's actually business can help bring people together. There's no doubt about that. Good suggestion. And David, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. So is the Super Bowl this weekend or is it next weekend? I believe it's this weekend. (laughs) you, You really are asking the wrong crowd. Yeah. But, uh, the Pro Bowl uh, was was over the weekend. I didn't get to see the outcome. I usually like to watch that. I just Pro Bowl? Kind of, what is that? The college thing? No, the Pro Bowl is when they <laughs> really. This is we. You why did you do this? Why should? Why aren't we talking about brain surgery or monster trucks? For God's sakes, we have as much qualification. The um, the Pro Bowl is. <laughs> I'm talking about. I, I I'm taking the lead here on sports, and I. I mean, You're the my, one with a football jersey on yeah. today. I, I I'm wearing a shirt that says football on it so i'm more qualified than somebody yes my wife is more qualified to talk about this stuff than i did am. she buy that for you no um actually it was left by a workman at my uh house down in florida <laughs> i didn't know how to get back to the guy so i washed it and laid it there um and you know he never came and got it gotcha. so i wore it but um I, I like it. It's warm and comfy. All right. Well, let's move on. The Super Bowl is this weekend, presumably. Yeah. So there. Where is it going to be? I don't even know. <laughs> Who's gonna, in it? Yeah. It's What's the football? In, in, it's going to be in Texas, uh, down where the, the Dallas Cowboys play in Ar- okay. Arlington. I got think it. that's where the Dallas Cowboys play. Now they don't. Play. 
Now, they they just pick some place, right? They just kind of rotates around. It, it doesn't usually, have to do with where the teams are from. It's just, no, it has nothing to do with where they are. They plan ahead. Um, they, they think they've gotten two years uh, warning mm-hmm. on the Super Bowl. And they always pick southern places. I mean, you're never going to see it at Lambeau Field mm-hmm. or something like that. That's where the Green Bay Packers played or, or do play gotcha. or something like that. Um, and so it's it's always in the southern places. So what's going on, Mark? I mean, people are pretty upset about this, apparently. This is from uh, some people. Rutherford.org. This is the Rutherford Institute. And uh, they look like they're parlaying the Super Bowl's popularity to talk about issues that are important to them. The wildly popular Super Bowl is, and it, with its revel- rev- revelry of sex, drugs, and alcohol, invariably imparts a uh, Bacchalian aura after Bacchus. Be, oh, okay. the, the Roman god of debauchery gotcha. or whatever. Uh, I, I've never seen that word written in that mm-hmm. fashion. But to whatever city it plays, host to it. But uh, Super Bowl, see, 10 before oh, yeah, Roman numerals. <laughs> yeah, 45, which will make will take place in Arlington, Texas on uh, Sunday, February the 6th, and uh, will be no exception. Greater numbers of Americans reportedly planning to celebrate the the showdown between Pittsburgh Steelers and Green Bay Packers by throwing parties, attending party, or watching at a bar or restaurant. Consumer spending is expected to reach ten billion. Of many course, many uh, potato chips uh, will be sold. Lots mm-hmm. of soda pop. Um, yeah, I love dip. Beer. Yeah, I, yeah, I love dip. As it, it gets really cheap for all that snack food that I want. So that's really the only time I know that the Super Bowl is around is I can get hot wings for cheaper. Yeah, hot wings, excellent stuff. Uh, and you know we can't we can't discount all the chickens that are exploited for those hot wings of course that doesn't include the money that will be taken by sex traffickers in the lucrative trade that surrounds the super bowl which according to the miami herald is expected to generate as much traffic for prostitutes as it does for bartenders and bookies damn in fact the scale of prostitution at the last super bowl was described by government agents as incredible Hmm. according to joseph well wait a minute prostitution's illegal you mean people are still selling sex for money? Amazing. Huh. Well, we'll find out what these people are so indignant about here in a moment. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. we give you the features on our site free, and those features include archives. A whole bunch of them going all the way back to late 2006, all of them free for you thanks to HostGator. Uh, you can download them right off the front page of the website. They're at the top of the site, last week's worth, and then you click into the archive section, and that takes you way, way back. All of it free, and again, at freetalklive.com. Are you on any prescription medications? Are you getting your meds at a local pharmacy? If you are, you're likely paying more than you have to. 
There's a better way. Discount Prescription Services will get you your meds at discounts as high as 70% off, and they'll deliver them right to your door. All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com, uh, you know, whether you need any kind of pretty much any kind of prescription medication. Obviously, they can't do the uh, the schedule ones or anything like that. But go to meds.freetalklive.com, click on become a member. It's on the left-hand side of the page. They'll give you a call the next day. Their customer service is excellent. They'll walk you through every step and you'll you'll save big time. It's meds.freetalklive.com. All right. So, we're going to continue here with the story from Where is this from, Mark? This is uh from Rutherford.org. Now, they are, and is this like a press release or is it yeah, pretty much? Okay. So, these people are very upset, apparently, about the fact that when the Super Bowl comes to any given area, that a lot of sex workers come along with it. And that's kind of where we're at in the, the piece. Well, yeah, they're, they're um, you know, they're, they're going to go into this and, and, you know, expound on exactly what it is that they don't like about it. And I think it's an issue. Um, he says that uh, more than uh, 10 billion dollars is expected to be spent uh, by consumers in all kinds of things and that uh, sex workers will make as much money as bartenders and, and bookies. The Florida Commission Against Human Trafficking estimated that tens of thousands of women and minors are trafficked into the Miami area during the last Super Bowl. Tens of thousands is a lot considering, mm. I, I mean, how many people are at the Super attending. Bowl? Yeah. 60,000 tops? How many will fit into the, the stadium? I, I think that the Raymond James Stadium takes on about 60 thousand people so i i find that their number to be a little Seems high inflated, yeah. yeah um and of course they benefit that would by be like one sixth that would be like one out of every six people is buying a sex <laughs> sex worker maybe they're just very high class <laughs> um i don't get that impression <laughs> <laughs> so um one such trafficker, Manuel A. Wolcott, was sentenced to 20 years in prison for offering a 14-year-old girl as a Super Bowl special during the 2009 <laughs> game in Tampa. When undercover investigators inquire about the special, they quoted a price of $300 for two girls, a 14-year-old and 18-year-old, who had been a prostitute for two years. In anticipation of this big game, Texas Attorney General Greg Abbott announced his intention to have two dozen state officials help local law enforcement officers combat sex trafficking. But even with the support the FBI and the help of volunteer organizations, it's unlike Abbott will be able to do too much. While most Americans don't hear much about domestic sex trafficking from the media or government officials, it is without a doubt America's dirtiest secret. Infecting <laughs> suburbs, cities, and towns across sex the nation. Is dirty. <laughs> well, I, I think that so, so the point that they're making here um, that there's a $9.5 billion industry in girls, uh, not women, and that uh, that, that they it's, it's highly mobile. They um, traffic women constantly. They're moved from city to city, state to state, country, uh, country to country in order to avoid avoid detection by police and cater mm-hmm. to male buyers demand for sex with different women. Uh, there are an estimated 100 to 150,000 underage sex workers in the U.S. And, mm. you know, I don't I don't um, what I, th- I think this is something that needs to be approached on Free Talk Live. We talk about prostitution being legal. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. We did recently. Actually. And Sat- where, I think it was Saturday night. Where it's legal, um, you know, say Nevada. Uh, there's, there's. I, I only know of Nevada as an example. That's right. You won't find any underage girls at those brothels because that's still illegal. Now, um, I think that you know, having what having watched the Bunny Ranch show the one time mm-hmm. um, or whatever it was called. I, you know, I found those girls to be relatively attractive. And I think that to some extent you're talking about the chicken and the egg when you're talking about these Craigslist, Craigslist situations. Um, many of these girls, as I understand it, I, um, you know, are 
preferred on Craigslist. And, you know, they'll meet with guys and their pimps, you know, work them and keep them in uh, as basically slaves in hotel rooms. All mm. these things I believe to be true in Usually some cases. Usually runaways. Indeed. Uh, yeah, it's 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 true. And wh- you've got to ask yourself, how does the system propagate that? Why are these girls running they away? Work. They can't they can't get jobs doing anything else because the system won't allow them to. Um, you know, they've got problems at home. And, you know, in a in a free world, in a freer world, you're going to have problems at home still. And some girls are going to run away. Yeah. And they may believe they may, may, may be under the false belief that the pimp uh, will take care of them, unlike mommy or daddy. Now, of course, usually that just means he's exploiting them, mm-hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean they realize that at the time. I think in a lot of cases, you'll find out that once they get kind of nabbed, that they're just stuck after that. They don't or know they what feel to that go. Way. Yeah. yeah, or well, you know, they've been threatened or whatever. They, they don't know how to get away. Um, and or we'll kill your little sister if you try to leave or something like that. Sometimes that happens. Just getting away can be very difficult when you don't have a car. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, Plus, I mean, this man is sort of in charge of your livelihood afterwards so yep. you know once you step out of your job and your life where are you going to go and as i understand it they don't make much of the money that they um no. that they earn in fact that the you know the no they just kept the basically. slave masters uh keep them and i think that you know all these are problems and what i guess you have to imagine is in a world where prostitution is legal are these problems going to increase or decrease i think a lot of people believe that the problems will increase and i just don't think that's based so. on what why would they believe that? I mean, it's just there's nothing to base well, that on. Because what they're concerned with is um, there's a group of people out there that say uh, porn and prostitution are bad because they're performed by women who have been exploited in their lives, who have been diddled by family members, who you know don't have uh, you know good sexual boundaries. That these girls are essentially being exploited today, and that they can't you know they they don't really want this for themselves, and that they're all essentially sex slaves. Most of you know, there are there's a group of people out there that will say that just about everybody who's in the sex industry, whether it's porn or strippers or mm-hmm. or uh, prostitutes, that all these girls are essentially being exploited. It's an insult. It's yeah. a huge insult to the women that uh, engage in those activities on a consensual basis. And I, I just those don't... people are usually, by the way, jealous. I think they're usually, you know, you'll find just these haggard uh, old women. I don't who, think uh, I don't think there's any benefit in trying, to, women in, who, in trying to guess why it is that women uh, that, that some people will say this, that women or whoever, whoever will say this. Frigid I women. I don't think there's any benefit in <laughs> suggesting that. Who knows? I think there's evidence for it. I mean, you, you look at the people that are complaining well, about this and they're just upset that somebody who is uh, is pretty and maybe more sexually uh, loose, shall we say, mm-hmm. than the individual speaking, uh, they're jealous of them and so therefore they th- they feel like that should be out you know outlawed well, or at least they should attack their character i think they just have a problem you know once again back to like the bigoted conversations they just lump people together and they mm. assume that all people are going to be the same and i have to admit way way back in the day when it came to stuff like this i was too because i had only met a very few like um strippers sex workers stuff like that within los angeles and all of them were particularly mentally out there so like there's no doubt i'm not denying that uh within that spectrum there are people who are pretty messed up in the head yeah have had things happen to them as young people but then i managed to meet some you know normal women who just enjoy sex yeah i knew a girl who was uh, they happen to to make money off of it good for them yeah there, there was a girl i knew that was going to college and she was literally putting herself through college by being a stripper she wasn't a coke whore or anything like that yeah 
You know, I, I think I, I have to agree. I think that there's obviously both in the marketplace. And I think it's horrible that a woman would be forced to do something like this, whether it's a young girl or a woman or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if well, that's slavery. And that, it, yeah. that's yeah. wrong. If you're talking about somebody who's doing a job that they don't necessarily want yeah, to do. Yeah, I don't do, care if it's sex or cleaning pots and pans. If they don't want to do it and they haven't agreed to do it don't make them do it well like i I think there's a difference between wanting to do it and doing it because no uh, other option right you know i mean (laughs) so if your if your choices are to work for uh, several hundred dollars a day having sex or several dollars a day scrubbing pots some people will choose the several hundred dollars a day having sex i don't consider that exploitation i consider that the marketplace speaking yeah they're using their uh, their assets and you know you might as well while you've got them if you're willing to do that sort of work uh 1-800-259-9231 more on this would love your thoughts as well at 800-259-9231 is sex work exploitation are these women exploiting themselves are they being exploited and there are men uh, sex workers as well this is free talk live DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. You are invited to take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And May. And Mark. And don't forget, you can join us at freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll get a whole list of things that you can do to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations into more ears around the world. Promote.freetalklive.com. We're talking about the, uh, well, what prompted this was this press release from, was it the Rutherford Institute? Yes, at Rutherford.org. Where uh, these people are demanding bigger police presence at the Super Bowl to crack down on the uh, the sex workers. And they admit, though, that whatever increased police presence that has been proposed is not really going to do anything because they must tacitly understand that you can't stop human beings from trading things with one another. If they decide they want a product or service, whether it's illegal or not, they're going to get it. Somebody is going to step up. If, if there's a demand in the marketplace for drugs, somebody steps up and provides the drugs at whatever risk it, it takes. Even the most heinous stuff out there, you know, if there's a market for, you know, little boys being shipped over from Japan yep. for creepy old men to rape, it's going to happen. <laughs> and it is. And that's what yeah. talk, some of the things they're talking about here, where uh, there are these underage sex workers. Uh, how far underage do they go? I, I don't know. I would imagine the majority of them are teenage, but they're, they're claiming as low as 12. There's certainly uh, there certainly must be some demand for people younger than that as well. And so the, the problem I have is when, with slavery. I, I, I don't like the idea of people being enslaved into, uh, you know, working for some pimp and not being able to leave and being told what to do and essentially owned by uh, this guy. That that I have a real problem with. And, Mark, you were asking the question or I guess part of the question was, uh, you know, if the if prostitution were legalized, as it is not currently today in most places, 
would that how would that affect the uh, availability of, say, underage sex workers. Right, because it seems to me that uh, the average guy who's going on pra- Craigslist to, uh, to find himself a prostitute is not looking for an underaged prostitute because they don't want the extra trouble in their life. They're just looking for a prostitute. Probably true. So um, if you were to have, say, brothels in the town where uh, the Super Bowl is going on, and I'm talking about any town, because mm-hmm. just as a surprise, folks, uh, you know, lots of guys like to have sex. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure that there's there would be an industry, whether, you know, male, female, the whole thing. So um, if you were to have that, wouldn't that diminish the demand for, uh, you know, these the, the one of the reasons that young girls are attractive to the pimps is that they're easily manipulable. They have no experience. Right. When you have a 30-year-old uh, woman, she's much harder to manipulate than you're talking about a 14-year-old one. Got to be true, yeah. So if you have a an industry of you know, 20, 20 to 30-year-old women who are selling sex um, or whatever, I don't know how it would work, then it would diminish the demand, in my opinion, for these, uh, these underage ones. Because to some extent, you're talking supply-side economics here because they're easily, easily manipulable. So I think that it would diminish the demand. I do think that there would be a demand for underage uh, sex workers. And I think that at that point, those that wish to stop these kinds of things, and I'm, I, I'm among them, would be able to concentrate their efforts on the people that would be you know, doing such a thing. They rather than trying to go after because so many times you're talking about uh, prostitutes getting you know picked up, John's getting picked up, and it's just it, it muddies the whole water. If you were to just make it illegal to or have sex with you know women under such and such an age, or but why know, why not just simply abolish the age of consent and allow uh, human beings to make choices? I think a lot of people really aren't ready for that step, Ian. Well, in that case, then you can keep looking forward to having more underage girls and boys enslaved because as as long as that product or rather service is illegal, it will be facilitated by those who are willing to take risks like the risk of jail or worse to uh, to provide those services in the marketplace. And I understand how distasteful it seems. Uh, but the fact is, teenagers are having sex. We know this is true. We know that uh, we know that uh, you know they're getting caught in some cases, being charged with sexual you know criminal sexual acts like child porn for taking a picture of themselves having sex or taking a, a nude a sexting photo or something like that. And uh, you know, you and I have agreed that those things are pretty outrageous, right? Like teenagers having sex with teenagers shouldn't be a crime. I, I absolutely that shouldn't be a crime. Right. So if a teenager wants to have sex with somebody who's 18 or 20 or 40, it should be nobody's business but those two individuals. And you can you can say it's a bad thing. You can ostracize the guy if you find out about it. That's your choice as an individual as to how to respond to discovering something like that happening. How much, you know, how well, often that would be I, I, on look, Front Street is another question. Ian, what I'm, I'm talking about here is people that are enslaved, Okay, well, and that's I'm a bad you, thing. Right, well, that's right. right. I'm no, not in favor of slavery. If, I'm if, telling you, if, if it's you legalize legal, prostitution for people who are you know above such and such an age, then you can concentrate on those that are enslaved. How are you going to find them, Mark? You, uh, Craigslist, apparently. Uh-huh. <laughs>
Right, but they said there are a hundred thousand of That's these people. That's because, out there. as I pointed out, there are there's so many mm-hmm. because most guys don't really care about the age of the prostitute. You know, no, they're not very specific about the age of the prostitute they're right. looking I'm for. I'm sure that'll matter uh, to the poor little girls and boys who are being enslaved. They can feel good in their enslavement because there's somebody out there concentrating, looking for them. Well, right. Don't you want people looking for them? I, I'm fine with that, Mark, uh, you know, to find people who are enslaved. But I'm not so uh, idealistic to believe that they will all be found. And I'm also not so I'm idealistic not so to ide- believe idealistic that, uh, that slavery will disappear with with fully legal prostitution either. I would think it would diminish those. Uh, I would agree with you. Well, and what are you the, arguing the, about? Well, uh, you haven't let me make my point. If you actually have uh, young people being able to make choices for themselves, like the ability to have sex or to have sex for money then that will diminish the slavery because then they will be able to the people that are in search of these services will be able to to, to find them. one thing you and i are never going to agree upon ian never ever ever going to agree upon is the age at which a young person can make that decision you would agree that there is an uh that that below a certain age that a young person couldn't make the decision as to whether or not i don't know what that age is i'm not going to put an age i understand but you you'd say that that's true for some child right i think that some children cannot make certain decisions about things okay. yeah, based so, on a, a variety of factors. I, I'm thinking a nine-month-old probably fits into the category of somebody who couldn't, on that, fit yeah. in, couldn't make this. Uh, the, uh, so, I mean, so now that, we, now that we've established at least an, that there is an age, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, w- you know, where does that age begin? Would I say that 16-year-olds are having sex? Okay. I, can, I got that. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, that's fine by me. Some states say that having sex with a 16-year-old is legal. It seems to me that if you're, you know, able to have sex uh, legally, then and you should be able to sell the, and you can work legally then you should be able to sell that sex legally i i guess that's fine with me i find that 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 to be at awfully young age um you know it bothers me but i've got that when you start going lower and lower there you're going to find people's tolerance diminishing for your um for for what i understand that I, I get that people are intolerant and i understand that they want to believe that they can control the actions of others by making laws but we've seen that that doesn't work and mm-hmm. i'm curious as to how meg feels about all this um, I don't know. Like, I could never say what, you know, the appropriate age is for anybody because everybody develops differently. And so for me, it's just a matter of backing out and having my own opinions and living by, you know, my own opinions about it and not getting into other people's business about it. I, I don't agree with obviously the slavery aspect of it. And I think that's a bad thing. And that should be, you know, taken care of by the appropriate measures, meaning, you know, whether we have private police or some sort of, you know, parental protection agency that parents can, you know, if their kids run off and they're afraid that they might be picked up by sex workers, they can hire these, you know, pseudo police or whatever, you know, like people should go into the protection agencies to get their own children back. But me personally, it's none of my business. So do do you feel like teenagers should be able to, uh, to sell sex? You know what? Like I said, it's, it's not my business. If that's what they want to do, they're going to do it. And so me saying, like, it's a bad thing or it's a good thing doesn't change it at all. It's just a thing. But it should, happens. I mean, yeah, I understand that. But you, yeah, from your perspective, I understand you don't want to get involved in mm-hmm. it. But should they be able to without facing some sort of legal consequence? Oh, yeah. I mean, if everybody takes that hands-off approach, I mean, well... First of all, they're probably going to find work in another industry because everything will flourish if everybody was to take that approach with. But sex, you know, the sex okay. well, OK, you could say that in a legal sex uh, industry that prices might drop. Uh, that's a possibility yeah. because of increased competition and open competition. So maybe it'd be less maybe it would be less of an Enticing. attractive uh, thing for a teenage Yeah, Because I think a lot of uh, 
women get into it just because it does make so much money compared sure. to other things. Yeah, I can see that there's a huge allure for the amount of money that's mm-hmm. uh, that's involved um, with these these kind of things. And I, I've I've seen for myself, uh, you know, a friend that tried to do stripping one time, and she made it one night and just found it to be so disgusting that she didn't go back. So the money wasn't worth it. Yeah, the, but yeah. but you know, she didn't. She tried it because of the uh, because of the money. Mm. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your thoughts are certainly welcome. It is, no doubt, a uh, controversial discussion. You can, of course, also bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. How far is too far when it comes to legalizing the sex trade? Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the third hour of the program. You are invited to take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you might like at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. A couple of questions on the table for those of you just tuning in, talking about sex workers, uh, specifically the Super Bowl, uh, attracting a bunch of sex workers to wherever it is the Super Bowl happens. And Well, this year it's going to be in Dallas. Super Bowls, um, excuse me, the sex workers, of course, are a variety. There are some that are over the legal age and some that are under. And there are different questions you know, that, that, that crop up here. Some would say that uh, the women in the sex trade and the men in the sex trade are exploiting themselves or they are being exploited. I fully disagree with that statement. Mm-hmm. But maybe you are somebody who believes that to be true. I'd love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. And also the question is, well, how do you actually reduce the instances of underage sex slavery wherein teenage girls or boys uh, may be, or maybe younger, uh, may be so- essentially taken off the streets as runaways perhaps by pimps and then taken under their wing, so to speak? In some cases, they're, they're actually kidnapped. This is true it as happens. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Rutherford kept- Institute says something to the effect here. And, and you know, they say nearly 800,000 children go missing every year. Uh, that's roughly 21, uh, 2,200 children a day. And, uh, you know, then they say, how many of these young people are used to feed the constant demand for new and younger flesh? It's hard to say. And, I, I you know, I take I take a certain, um, you know, umbrage to the the demand for younger flesh thing. I think that mostly what you're talking about in the sex industry is people that want to have sex. And it doesn't really matter whether or not uh, you're talking about somebody who's under the age of 18 or somebody who's over the age of 18, that if you gave them the offer of, you know, say a legal brothel in their town, that they wouldn't be. Uh, you know, going to these. I don't know, Mark. Like the list. forbidden fruit effect is fairly powerful. If you tell somebody that you can't have something, then they, yeah. in many cases, will want it even more. That uh, we've seen that with drugs, and it's probably true when it comes to underage sex as well. Well, so, it's it's true when it comes to sex in general. Like even just you know, guys and girls talking. It, within legal means wanting to have sex within legal means is just the forbidden fruit aspect like let's go do it in public or something like that Mm. it's always much more exciting in those situations it's just 
a sex thing. It, you know, it comes with the territory of sex. And Mark, you've already admitted that you'd be all right with, say, a 16 or 17 year old teenagers uh, engaging in a sex trade. Uh, it, perhaps. Well, it bothers me. I mean, I'm not all right with it, but I don't think there's anything that can be done about it. I think that in many you're not states, gonna cage those people. You know, many states to... you're talking about 16 year olds. It's legal for them to have sex. It's legal for them to have jobs. If they can make the decision to go to work, I suppose they could make the and they can make the decision to have sex. I suppose they can make the decision to do sex as work. Yeah, and plus it shouldn't be punished because in a lot of cases the sex is its own punishment with this some of the point. customers they get. So. There's that and there's the STD also, aspect. Yeah. Also, when you find if, if, if sex was made legal, you'd see the, the price drop in the same way that anything that uh, you know is, is no longer forbidden will drop. And then you won't see the motivation for uh, people to get into it as much. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. you know, it it will be t- to some extent self-regulating in that way. So my proposal is, you know, total freedom and allowing people to make choices, which includes allowing them to make the wrong choices, which they're already doing. It's just that it's more risky now because of the illegal aspect to it, because it, because it's illegal for young people to engage in these activities for uh, for money. That uh, makes it a much more dangerous environment in which it actually happens. It's still happening. It's just more dangerous because it's a black market activity. And uh, t- I think right. taking it out of the black market, as detestable as that seems to many people, is the best way to keep kids safe, to keep young people safe. Right. I mean, you know, what, whatever laws we have against prostitution in this country right now are not keeping these kids safe. The claim here is that 800,000 children a year go missing. I guess that what well, they want us to believe is that they're all in the sex trade. Yeah, I, I was going to say, how many of those kids are just... Like left by their parents at Costco. Come right, on. Right. Well, the other estimate uh, was there was another estimate earlier that said it was a hundred thousand young underage people in the sex trade. That yeah. was, but you know, yeah. how do you tell Who these? They are just making numbers up. Right. So let's go to the phones and get your thoughts and start with Larry listening in Indianapolis to WXNT. Hello, Larry. Well, how are you doing now? You know, this is a, a sore topic with me. I mean, it's just so stupid how we do this. I mean, everybody knows that you can go to the Internet right now, punch in three X's, and get thousands of X-rated uh, uh, websites. Sure. The kids are doing it. The first time you go there with the young and impressionable mind, the first time you do it and find that you're going there every time you sit down in front of, in front of the screen. So that's out there. But when you come on and talk about most of the pe- law enforcement people, oh, we're protecting our kids from this and we're protecting them from this, and then they don't have any jobs for them to go to. Back when I was a kid in the 60s and 70s, you could go get your job at a restaurant and make some money. Then the media, with the with all the uh, 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 soft porn that they got on there, it, it presses them into, into action. It shows them what they got to have. You got to get your hair done. You got to get your nails done. You got to get this kind of shoe and that kind of dress. All that costs money. So all we're doing is pumping our kids out there, and the pimps are getting a hold of them. If you have a 15-year-old daughter in your house, and you tell her, honey, don't go out there and go and join with the pimp and go hooked on crack cocaine. You try to stop her. You put a bruise on her. You get a Class D felony for child abuse, and you lose your job. You end up spending about five grand for attorney's fees and still get convicted of a felony. So the, the stuff they're talking about, it's just it's preposterous. It does not make any sense whatsoever. I, I'm not trying to say that I agree with uh, T. 
teenagers selling sex, but sometimes that's the only thing they got that they can do to make any money whatsoever with their parents being laid off, their jobs being shipped overseas, and every statute that comes out of our Congress, comes out of our state legislatures, is to destroy the family for the least bit of things. You get a situation that I know right now, the father tried to correct his kids, end up getting arrested for child abuse, class B felony, then the kids, uh, the uh, CPS came in, took the kids, he'll never get them back. His wife went on out there with Tony or whoever she was messing around with, and uh, that's how it happened. So we need to take a, a comprehensive look at what's really going on, and then we'll see that when you say the tr- sex trade, well, hey, maybe it's not too bad. Thanks, Larry. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And, you know, he mentioned the politicians. You've got some politicians out there that seem to have a real thing for keeping kids out of the workforce. And Absolutely. Uh, you know, One of the strongest points he made is that, uh, you know, is, is about kids not being able to get jobs. I had a job at 12 years old. I mean, I, it wasn't legal, but I didn't care and nobody cared. And, you know, I just worked and everything was fine. And I don't feel like I was exploited. I really, really don't. I feel like it was the... You got valuable experience. I feel like it was more valuable than high school. I mean, from age 15, I did a job where I was in a cheerleading outfit and roller skates eight hours a day. I mean, I didn't feel (laughs) exploited at all. I was making money. I was making really good money at that point. I'll bet. It's just one of those things that if you know how to make money and you're comfortable with it, do it. And the fact that, you know, kids my age now in my home state can't do that for money. Really? They yeah, cannot? I don't believe so. So they so have to be it, age so the, 16 now. I see. So yeah. it used to be 15 was okay. Now no. it's not so, okay. We've got to protect their innocence. Right. And, and you know, it's really what if, if a kid wants to get make money and they're 14 or 15 years old, what can they do? This leaves them Drug vulnerable. dealing and sex trade. It leaves them babysitting. vulnerable. Babysitting. Well, you know, there's babysitting, there's lawn mowing, there's some other things, but it leaves them vulnerable to people that would come along and offer them money for right. sex. Because babysitting, you're looking at what, like 10 bucks? for a night i was i was making 300 bucks a, a week sometimes in uh in the 80s i don't you know i mean if somebody came along and offered me 100 bucks for sex it wouldn't be nearly as motivating as it would be for somebody who couldn't make any money let's talk to matt in illinois on the amp lines hello matt good evening ian mark and meg hey there what's on Hi. your mind um well first off just to add to that conversation i i had a job too when i was 12 I was uh, a caddy. It was a, a legal job. I made lots of money hauling guys' golf clubs around the golf course. Point of information, it was, I, I misunderstood. Is it, it was illegal or it was legal? It was perfectly legal. Okay, was, I'll tell you what. We'll come back. No you can continue your story here in a moment at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Sex workers, underage, working... Whatever you want to talk about goes 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there for free. Features including the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you. W-I-K-I wiki. Dot freetalklive.com. The Totosac. It's the one-trip wonder for hauling goods from your vehicle to your home. It's made of 100% recycled materials right here in the United States. As a matter of fact, in uh, Bensonville, Illinois. You can, uh, it's a retail grocery bag carrier. It handles more than you can. And you can go take a look at it at totosac.us, T-O-T-A-S-A-K.us. I have a, a pair of them. I gave them away for Christmas. I think they're really an awesome little invention, and they make uh, carrying groceries a heck of a lot easier. And carrying all kinds of things. Uh, just go take a look at Totasac at totasac.us, and we're actually going to give away a, a pair of them later on the show. Yeah, so stay tuned for your opportunity to win those. Let's continue talking to Matt in Illinois. Matt, you're back on Free Talk Live. Okay, um, you're talking about prostitution, and uh, I believe a couple nights ago, maybe even last night, you talked uh, about uh, a sting operation where somebody on Craigslist got... Uh, uh, arrested, uh, he, he called a, or he, he answered, maybe it was Sunday show, he answered an article, and uh, it was a sting operation, mm-hmm. and they, they busted him. Mm. Somebody called in and talked about it. And anyway, where I live, in Addison, Illinois, very close to Bensonville, Illinois, where they make tota sacks, um, <laughs> there's, within five miles of my house, in, in different directions, at least three different places where anybody can go and uh, buy buy hookers. Uh, some are more uh, high quality, let's put it that way, than mm-hmm. others. Some are more expensive than others. There's a, a house um, about maybe half a mile from me with a big sign out front talking about uh, lady escorts, uh, more of an escort service, and then there's there's uh, one nudge, down the nudge, road wink, about five wink. miles. It <laughs> says uh, Adult Fun Girls is their name, and these are well advertised places, mm-hmm, and, sure. you, and you know what they're about. I mean, yeah. they're they're not hiding it. But yet, if I go on Craigslist and I and I answer an ad for some woman who who uh, you, you know wants wants extra income to buy uh, food, sure. Uh, um, I, I, I'm taking a chance of getting busted, or, or that's illegal. Right. Well, you and, know, the, the, the established businesses have paid for permits, so you know they're left alone a little more often than the Craigslist workers. Or, but but uh, prostitution is supposed to be illegal all, all the way around. Sure. And it seems to me like those... Those businesses, those that are that are out there like that, that are never busted, they are protected. Yes, they are. It's really rare. You know, I don't know what it's like in the rest of the United States. I've heard that Florida's worse in this area than most, but they have all kinds of lingerie modeling studios, intimate mm-hmm. shower salons, massage parlors, and I mean, when a girl's giving you a massage and she's wearing a teddy and a pair of uh, you know pantyhose with a garter, I mean, like you know, I've never. Had a, I've never had a massage like that, people. You know, <laughs> so um, you yeah. Know, there's I, those papers that their sole existence is just for the back for special massage pages. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, did, do, you you check their certifi- do you check their certification at those? Their places? certification is the over busty woman p- picture yeah. that just has the worst face ever, but nobody looks at the face. So, Monet, <laughs> thanks for pointing that out, Matt. Anything else you want to share? 
No, that was it. All right, man. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Frank is in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Frank? Folks. Good evening, folks up in Vermont. Yeah, uh, I thought I'd listen to the show, and I really believe that, number one, we have to have uh, an international age of consent so that people are not going to, uh, uh, let's say, you know, uh, they're, they're going to be legally responsible for their actions and decisions. And that could be anywhere. I think in Europe it's about 16 or 15 in the EU. Here I think it's probably 18. Some states it's 16. I think in West Virginia it was 14 at one time and all this stuff. But in it this was country, in Hawaii, I believe. Okay, but in this country it has to be it has to, in a sense, be standard. And what we're going to see as our economy collapses is more and more prostitution and sex. Probably true. Just like in Russia, after the breakdown of the Soviet Union, you have a whole industry, especially in the Ukrainian areas that were industrialized, that you know no longer have their businesses intact. You have this whole, you know, 20 years of, of lots of prostitution and sex trade, and you know, video porno and all that stuff. And then you have the same dealers, the traders, that then will actually move the women and the merchandise to Turkey, and then from there it goes to Israel. It's interesting. The United States has signed conventions with the UN regarding the rights of children and different things. And the country that brings in the most uh, underaged, illegal child prostitutes is actually Israel. And that's, uh, you know, a theocracy in a sense. And mm. what's interesting about it is that we would boycott countries to do this. But, you know, we've never cut the aid at all, and I think that's something that we should look at. It's very hypocritical, the uh, the whole sex trade industry. And the U.N. has written, <coughs> excuse me, a number of reports over the last 10 years, I think five or six major reports where they talk about uh, child trafficking and prostitution and white slavery and different things. And you'll notice that, you know, Israel is the number one country for that, and number two is Thailand. Mm -hmm. And even in Thailand, where it's illegal for the children to be prostitutes and things, it brings in so much business to the in travel industry, to the nation, yeah. that the government doesn't prosecute mm. the people involved in it. And it's also corrupt. The U.S. gives a lot of foreign aid to Thailand. And I think if we're going to be moral about this regarding the law, you know, we're going to have to, uh, you know, uh, follow through, and it may mean cutting aid to Israel until they get their act cleaned up in different areas. Well, let's cut aid and to Israel anyway. Let's just cut aid. Let's cut aid to all countries. <laughs> I agree. Cut to aid to everyone. We can't afford it. But in the United States, I think that when people are of the age of consent, and for this discussion, I'm going to say 18 years old, they should have the right, in a sense, to sell their uh, their wares if they choose to do that. Absolutely. And they, they, should be, they should also be aware of the risks such as the AIDS, the different diseases, how it can affect them in different areas. And when people are able to make that choice, why should there be a Mustang ranch that's making, you know, the sex workers million dollar a year and the owners of the ranch several million dollars a year where, you know, that's legal and then you have other states where you can't do that. Uh, you know, I mean, it should be it should be really open. It should be free, like in Europe. I mean, there's been prostitution in uh, Europe, in Norway, in places that has it's been legal since the uh, mid uh, 
uh, 19th century. Right. And, you know, as and, a matter of fact, I was talking to a friend of mine who was, uh, you know, in Germany uh, dealing with the, the prostitutes there when the soldiers were there. And I imagine there was some kind of exchange rate issue mm-hmm. as far as this was going. But and, and maybe it was in the 90s or something. But he was saying that the prostitutes there were going for 25 bucks. Hey. I mean, I'm, I'm not I, I just I can't imagine that somebody would have sex for twenty five dollars. But, hey, you know, maybe that's they, what they just were doing. really enjoy sex, too. And if they can make money, hey, why not? It's possible. Thanks for the call, Frank. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Maybe you are a sex worker and you'd like to share your thoughts. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that you'll find on the site for free. So do that. freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Meg. And Mark. Um, And by the way, some of the features you'll find on our site include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video proving they are listeners of this program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see that. And if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. FreedomsPhoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to FreedomsPhoenix.com and sign up for the free daily dispatch. FreedomsPhoenix.com. 800-259-9231. Let's take your phone calls about whatever you want. Rich is on the line in Connecticut. Rich, you're on Free Talk Live. Rich in Connecticut, gone. Let's try instead Robert in Louisiana. Robert, you are on Free Talk Live. Hi, sir. How, you do- how y'all doing? Hey, just great. What's on your mind, Robert? Well, I was just going to ask you something. Uh, I just got me a new vehicle the other day, and I, it got satellite radio, so I'm excited, so I'll be able to listen to y'all since we ain't got no station here. We are not on the satellite radio uh, services, the Sirius XM, the, the pay services. We have a satellite channel, but it's not with them. It's a, Ours is a free uh, satellite channel. Oh, okay. So. Well, I'll still listen to you on my little uh, iPhone app, then. Fantastic. I love that little thing. Oh, cool. But thank y'all so much. Was that all you wanted to share tonight? Was this a question about satellite radio? Yes, sir. That's all. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Thank I appreciate you. hearing from you. Yeah, you know, I've been working on, uh, I've been working on Sirius XM for. You haven't uh, for been a while. working very hard. <laughs> you could give those guys more calls. <laughs> that making more phone calls doesn't help, Mark. You should know this as a salesman. If you barrage somebody with calls, they hate you. I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure you're. I mean, there's more people to talk to than just the one guy, isn't there? 
yes and no. I've talked to a few people over the years, and I, look, look, Mark, I've got it under control. Thanks very much. Uh, pre- appreciate that. If you are somebody that is an uh, XM Sirius subscriber and you do want to get Free Talk Live on one of those channels, you are certainly well, more than welcome to contact XM Sirius and you know talk to the right people there. And how do you know who to talk to? Well, you could you could email me and I could tell you, but you know I'm not going to put put that information out over the airwaves. Or you can just ask, hey, who's in charge of news talk programming? And then they'll put you in the right place. Gotcha. And let them, let them know how you feel, and you never know what they'll uh, decide to do. But yeah, Free Talk Live is on satellite radio. It's just not on the pay for satellite radio. We are on what they call KU Band. It's a, a free-to-air service, which means that we pay to, to be on satellite radio, <laughs> essentially. So we pay to get our signal, the LRN.FM signal, up on that uh, satellite service. And then anybody with a cheap receiver and a cheap dish can receive that. So you basically you buy the receiver and dish one-time purchase. There's no subscription fees after that. So it's, you know, you can get a dish for under 100 bucks. You can get a receiver for under 100 bucks. So for, for 200 bucks, you know, and plus whatever time it takes to install it and point the dish, you're pretty much good to go. And you'll get all the LRN.FM programming around the clock, which is pretty cool. So uh, 800-259-9231. You can go to LRN.FM to learn more about that as we continue taking your phone calls. Homeless John in Arkansas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. What's up? What's happening? Oh, a lot of changes in my life. You already see my girl. That's one of them. I, I don't know that I have seen your girl. Well, your co-host, I forgot her name. Oh, Oh, Meg. Hi. Hi, Meg. What's up, John? What's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, I called y'all, let y'all know uh, I got a new project in the works now. Okay. And, uh, well, I'm trying to raise money to make a documentary film about homelessness. Really? Okay. About what, to do what that, I need help. A documentary film about homelessness. How much money do you need? There's a good one out there right now about um, uh, some singer from, I believe, the... Fuji's or Black Eyed Peas. I, I'm not up to date on all that stuff, but he went into uh, the homeless uh, like world and Skid Row in L.A. for a few days, no money, no nothing, and it was a really well put together documentary. As mm. a former homeless person, like it, it really reflected that whole subculture well. So I mean, those are so that's it's already one been that, done, John. How is your homeless film yeah. going to be different? How is yours going to set the bar higher? Well, number one, uh, guys, y'all see my work, especially you, uh, um, uh, Ian. You see my work, so I ain't got to explain it to you. But to those who don't uh, understand, you got an armchair quarterback, and you got quarterback that gets out there in the field. Guess who uh, was out there in the field? You have been in the field. You have been homeless. You are currently not homeless, though, which is good. Uh, now, so, but you haven't really answered the question, and I haven't really seen. Right. I don't know what you mean when you say I've seen your work. I mean, I've seen your picture online, but I've, I've never seen any video work from you. So I don't know what you know you're, you're uh, referencing. Yeah. Well, so, okay. Well, what, what's your vision for the? What is your vision for this? I mean, you, if you want to raise money for something, <laughs> yeah. you've got to pitch. His an vision idea. is raising money. Come on. All right. All right. And the time we got left, I'm going to sell myself. There we go. There you go. All right. You know, for years here in the city of Little Rock, we got a, a administration that really, uh, all they do is uh, lock homeless people up, put charges on them. But we got a new mayor that came in a, a couple years ago, and he promised that he would implement a five-year plan to get to end chronic homelessness. And he almost did it last year, except one of our uh, city board of directors stopped him from doing it. And... uh 
the mayor's name is Mark Stoller here in the city of Little Rock. And the uh, city director, uh, her name is Irma Hendricks. Now, nobody was paying this issue no attention until she mentioned the word this. She said, all the homeless people, nothing but gays and homosexuals. Whoa. When she said that, she put her foot in her mouth because she got the gay community upset big time. Well, yeah. it's obviously not true. I yeah, mean, most of the gay people I know are pretty high class. Well, that's what the city board of director, Irma Hendricks, said. Y'all can Google it, uh, you know, in Little Rock, you know, in Google. So are you, and, you wanting uh, to focus on these issues for your film? I, I guess I'm not yes, sure what the video yes. is going to be. Okay, uh, well, you know, in the past, most of my work was done with a webcam and stuff, stuff I found in garbage cans. and But this time I want to put everything in high definition, <laughs> get back out there in the field, so to speak, mm-hmm. and start talking to my people. And put it up on the big screen. I mean, take it to film festivals and everything. Well, that's a big. It's now, a big dream, no doubt. Now, it's a big dream. So, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to visit with some of your old friends, some of the people that you yes. know? Yes. And get them to tell their but stories, now, that kind of thing. That's right. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, I'm gonna need some help. That means I need uh, some high definition cameras to do it because my video stuff on YouTube. You know, it's not broadcast quality. Now, are you going to be able to do... I totally understand. Quality is important. Uh, now, are you going to be able to do this all alone? Are you going to need to hire a crew? I mean, what, how ex- yes. elaborate are you going to get? Uh, you know, the latter. I'm going to need to hire a crew. And in order to do that, that means i got to pay them. Yeah, that is... Yeah. Now you're talking about a lot of money. Because I was going to say, if you just want to go get an HD camera, those things are pretty cheap. You can get a consumer-level camera for a couple hundred bucks, a few hundred bucks, maybe. You can get a prosumer camera for uh, a little bit more than that. Uh, but if you want to bring on crew, then you're talking about some serious money. I mean, how much are you looking to raise? Okay. I, uh, I think I need about 5000 at least. Now, i got a website set up wow. just for that. That's... It's very low end for movies. Yeah, Meg's, uh, Meg is a professional uh, homeless. John, she does this stuff for uh, for a living, and she's trained professional homeless, <laughs> <laughs> professional film uh, major person. And so, I mean, five thousand bucks. You're not. You're looking at a camera and a light. Yeah, you could get some equipment for five thousand bucks, but that's not going to get well, you a, a staff. Well, uh, first I gotta know if I can get to that level. Now I set up a website. Right. The What's URL? the website? Get it out there. The website is, uh, you know, the usual stuff, www. Uh, the word go, like I'm going to go somewhere, and the word fund, like hedge fund. All right. Go uh, it's, fund. It's, uh, gofundme.com slash one M Y. It's too much, man. No, it's no. too much. <laughs> you got to get a better website. Call us back when you get one. Thanks for uh, the call tonight. Hey, I appreciate hearing from you. It's got to be something you can just spit out and get people in uh, listening. Homelessjohn.com. That. You shouldn't have said that. Now somebody might go register it before he does. <laughs> Hurry up. Hurry up. Make sure it's, safe. it's If it's available, you can get it now. Uh, thanks for the call. And good luck with your project. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Maybe enough time for your thoughts. Oh, hey, you want a tote sack? Call now. 603-435-1105. You get a two-pack. 603-435-1105. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com.
Live. Bring up anything you want in the remaining moments here. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. And join us in person at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's happening this June 20th through the 26th. Are you going to be there? Well, you need to get your registration taken care of. The early bird registration period has begun, and we've got a coupon code. If you use the code FREETALKLIVE, all one word, FREETALKLIVE, then you will get 20% off of well, pretty much everything from what I understand. 20% off of the early bird registration, so you'll save 5 bucks there. 20% off any uh, pre-purchased of, uh, T-shirts or flags or uh, even framed group photos. So this is a good opportunity to get yourself registered. And whoever else you're coming up to Porkfest with, you can go to porkfest.com. And there's a link there to the registration page. Use our code FREETALKLIVE. Uh, again, all one word, FREETALKLIVE, to get registered and get a discount off of the uh, the already low, low rates uh, for early bird registration. You're going to want to be there because it's a great time. Meg, you've been. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's uh, probably one of the best times you'll ever have in your life. I don't want to say that for everybody, but uh, for me, yeah. It's a blast <laughs> to be around other like-minded, liberty-oriented people. Hundreds of them, all at the same campground, having a good time all week long. You can't make it up for the whole week? Don't worry about it. It's happening on the weekend, too. Uh, so what, whatever amount of time you can come up for this thing, it's going to be worth your while. Now, if you can attend all week, there are going to be things going on like tours around New Hampshire. Because the, the intention of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, I mean, it's fun for us here in New Hampshire, but we you know we're here all the time i mean it's 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 cool yeah. for us to attend but it's it's even the more interesting for folks that are outside of new hampshire that are maybe considering a move here as part of the free state project to come up to not only meet the community and socialize and meet your future neighbors but also and friends uh, but also to tour around the state and check out the different areas and see just how beautiful of a of a place new hampshire really is it's beautiful from a physical perspective and also from the uh, the social perspective. It's an amazing group of people that are already here, and thousands more are pledged to move here as part of the Free State Project. Over 10,600 people pledged to move. You can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about the Free State Project, but go to porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T. Porkfest.com to get registered now. Registration is open, and our coupon code, FREETALKLIVE, all one word, gets you 20% off. Yeah, and I'm actually super excited about this one because I think uh, me and Ethan have convinced my brother, who I have only met for an hour in my entire life to come down to this one. So oh my gosh. I might get to see my, you know, long lost estranged brother at this. And, and you're not going to be working at this one. Yes, so have, yes. Uh, I've already fun. told everybody, sorry, I'm not volunteering for anything. I'm not working anything. Just leave me to enjoy this pork fest. And Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live uh, throughout the entire event. So that's always fun too. So let's continue here. Take your phone calls about anything you want. Gene, listening in Connecticut. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, Gene, what's on your mind tonight? Anyway, I called last night, and they kind of told me to call back tonight, and by chance I didn't have to go into work. But uh, basically what I'm dealing with is criminal corruption through the state of Connecticut, their uh, Board of Education, and they figured they'd beat the heck out of me, got away with it. But, the Board of Education beat you? Well, they figured they did at this point. The state of Connecticut, Board of Ed, where this went to, I actually managed to hire the best civil rights lawyer in our state, and he actually shilled, personally shilled the case. And they can't come up with medical documentation to back it. But yet, I have no idea what you're referring to. What, what, do you, what is the story here? Well, what it is, I was a teacher. 
uh, and they accused me of something I never did. And What's that? Uh, basically, well, they claimed I called a child's mother a whore after I was assaulted by that child, uh, his his cousin, and uh, he said he was going to get even with me. And um, basically, the kid walked into the school room one day, put his finger to my nose, and says, I'm getting you fired. And uh, after four years of uh, highly requested service, uh, what they did, uh, they hid behind federal law, family, family rights and practice law, which has nothing to do with anything, and uh, they blew me out of the system, uh, blacklisted me, blackballed me, and I've been fighting from, uh, to get my name cleared since the year 2001. Hmm. The, I paid union dues. Uh, the union uh, president at that point threatened to have me arrested back in 2002. And uh, after this lawyer, who was supposed to be the best lawyer in our state, and I'm not a rich guy, I had to scrounge up every penny, uh, he personally ran me out of time to put this matter in a federal court of law. But yet they've never been able to explain it. And the Bar Association in the state is backing this. So let me see if I've got this straight so far. You were a teacher. You allegedly claimed that someone's mom was a whore, and that's why they fired you? Because some kid claimed that you said that? Yes. Yes. Do you feel like this was maybe an excuse for them to fire you and that they'd always wanted to fire you? Because it seems very unlikely, based on my experience of understanding that bureaucrats very rarely are are fired, Um, especially, you know, the teachers out there. I mean, I've encountered some really bad teachers in my life, and no matter what the outcry was, they were never fired. Yeah, Uh, if if it was easy to get teachers fired, people would do this all the time. Yeah, so what do you think the real story is here? What they claimed was that I was not a permanent fixture that I was a substitute, but yet I beat them on the hours against their union due book. And, uh, I don't understand what that found, means. You were, you were a substitute, but you beat them on the hours. What's that mean? That means they utilized me more than what a substitute is, is only utilized for X amount of hours. If okay. you go over that, you are deemed a full-time employee. Gotcha. Okay. So... When this whole matter got questioned, because uh, the other schools were still calling for me, because I was going for full-time employment, but yeah, I had time, and plus I had time for working with the state previous, which would have been Tier 1 retirement. Uh, basically, what they did, it was a found means to blow you out of the system if you were not a member of the good old boys club. Hmm. Uh, the nepotism in this state between friends and relatives and kickbacks is incredible. Uh, getting back to the sex talk earlier, apparently, this vice principal of the school has been moved five separate times to five different schools, all sexual harassment-related charges, but yet she's still in the system. So you're uh, saying the good old boys network is keeping people like them in, but kicking you right. out because you, for whatever reason, aren't in the loop with uh, the good old boys. Well, let's put it this way. After I refused to uh, sleep with her, uh, that's when all this action came down. Oh, mm-hmm. very interesting. The uh, the intrigue. and uh, Well, so what are you going to yeah. do now? I mean, are you going <laughs> to – can you get a job uh, at a private school or something like that? Well, basically, they destroyed my teaching career. Uh, I didn't walk away from it. Uh, in, in 2007, I came home. I welded all day. And uh, – the union, because I questioned where my due money went and why I was never represented properly, uh, 
they had a warrant out for my arrest. Wow, I'm sorry to hear about that, and I wish you you know the best. So, I hope that you can pick up some sort of an education career outside of the government, because clearly uh, there's some serious problems there, and uh, thank you for the call tonight. Let's talk to Paul in California. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Ian. Yeah, hey. I just wanted to quickly run through. Uh, you were talking about jury duty a few days ago, and uh, I just wanted to let you know uh, uh, my experience was. Uh, I decided to, tr- to try something a little different. Uh, they sent me this big form saying uh, you got to answer all these questions. Basically, it had to do with, you know, if you were trying to get out of jury duty. Well, mm-hmm. actually, I wasn't trying to get out of jury. I would like to serve on a jury. However, one of the questions they asked me was, are you a U.S. citizen? Mm. And I don't consider myself a U.S. citizen. So I asked them, I went down there, and I asked them, what does this mean? And, of course, they scratched their head and went, I don't know, and I said, well, to me, it sounds like it's, it's one of those people that was created under the 14th Amendment, um, whereby you're subject to the, the Congress and the laws of the federal government. Well, I'm not subject to anybody. I'm not a subject. Kings have subjects. Mm. I'm a free man, right? So anyway, they batted, that around, they batted that around for a while. And then they finally said, well, fill out the form the best way you know how. So I put, I'm not a U.S. citizen, right? And so I figured, well, how are they going to let me serve on a jury now? But I figured, but they set me up into a courtroom. And the first thing that happened is they called me and they said, you can go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not surprised at that, really. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so uh, as I understand it, you cannot give up your U.S. citizenship, according to them, um, while you're still living in the country and while if you haven't gone and gotten citizenship from some other country. So the U.S. government, whether you consider yourself a citizen or not, the U.S. government considers you one. Well, yeah. Well, the point is, is, is that. The point is. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was going to up. Yeah, the point is that the, the term U.S. citizen is a term of art which actually has several definitions, but we don't have time to talk about No, we about don't, but now. maybe another night. Thanks, Paul, for the call. Appreciate it. It has been Ian here with you. And Meg. And Mark. We will be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, we've got another edition of the Edgington Post here, and I've got a a, a guest I've had on the show in the past, and he's a, a lumin one of the luminaries in the Liberty community. It's Peter Schiff. Peter, are you there? I'm here. Excellent, Peter. Um, I thanks for coming on the show today. You uh, have been doing a little bit of advertising on Free Talk Live for for your Euro Pacific uh, investment company. Uh, it's Euro Pacific Capital, and uh, I just wanted to ask you more questions about it. Sometimes thirty seconds can't be enough to uh, explain what you do for people. And um, you know, tell me what Euro Pacific Capital does. Well, Euro Pacific Capital is a full service uh, brokerage firm, and so we offer. Um, an array of, of, uh, of investment services. We offer traditional brokerage accounts where my brokers will give uh, stock recommendations and will charge commissions. We also offer advisory services where we will manage your portfolio. And we do have proprietary mutual funds that I manage along with uh, the, the managed products. The, the managed accounts have much higher minimums 
than uh, mutual funds or brokerage accounts. But what really sets me apart from more traditional uh, brokerage firms in the United States is because I recognize the real risk out there is to purchasing power, to the value of the U.S. dollar. And so I'm, I am looking for clients who understand and who want to protect their purchasing power from a decline in the dollar. And that's central to my investment thesis. So I don't, I don't presume or, or, or start off from the, uh, you know, the, the presumption that the dollar is safe and that if you're conservative, you want to be in treasury bonds or municipal bonds. I think those are some of the riskiest things that you can own. So what most Wall Street firms would regard as uh, conservative, I think, is risky. And on the flip side, I think that for people who really want to protect their wealth, they need to be moving offshore. They need to be moving into foreign stocks, commodities, precious metals. I think that's the best way to conserve your wealth. And the more traditional brokerage firm would look at that as highly speculative. So it all depends on your frame of reference. And if you if you assume that the dollar is safe, then then my strategy doesn't is wrong. But if you assume that the dollar is vulnerable, then it's the conventional strategy that's wrong, and my strategy is right. So for people who are afraid about inflation, who think the Federal Reserve is doing the wrong thing, uh, that we're not going to create economic growth by printing money, that uh, that we're going to destroy the value of our currency, and that we're going to have a lot of inflation, then uh, you're a, a ideal client for me. You know, I think that that uh, probably covers most of our listenership. I, I I know it certainly covers me. And um, you, yeah, you, I mean, I don't even deal if, if if customers don't get that, if prospects don't get that, I move on. Yeah. <laughs> so if people, uh, you know, think that the U.S. is in great shape and that the U.S. government is doing the right thing and that you know, then I don't even I don't even uh, pursue them as customers because I don't want to try to, um, you know, educate them. And I don't want to give them advice that I don't believe in. So even if there's somebody out there who believes that treasuries are sound, I don't want to sell them to them. I don't. I, I, so I would rather find the clients who get it and then help them protect their wealth. Now you had the uh, the uh, you you predicted the housing bubble and you got a lot of press for doing um, that. You also I know that um, I, I probably you know for for reasons uh, I probably can't just give names of people, but I happen to know some uh, a couple of very wealthy people that um, that have funds with you, and they say nothing but the the finest things about your uh, your services and, and that kind of thing. But um, you you also have services for people that don't have you know the 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 big minimums that that you've got to make. You have uh, yeah. I mean, we have a lot of small clients. In fact, up until the most recent year, we didn't even have any account minimums. So we took the smallest big clients, but we recently imposed a, a, a relatively modest twenty five thousand dollar minimum account size. And I, I did that because the government was making it so complicated to offer my services based on all the new rules and regulations that I was losing too much money on the small accounts because yeah. I couldn't charge them enough to cover the regulatory costs of, of, of providing them with, a, with an account. So because of the government, we had to impose these minimums. And, you know, the government is supposedly out there to protect the little guy. But in this case, the cost of the regulations are so onerous that the little guy ends up getting, you know, kicked out of, of, of the company. So the littlest guys we can't even work with anymore, thanks to the government trying to protect them. And even if you don't have a hundred thousand dollar minimum, then the only thing I do is I work with you in mutual funds. So before we will even help you with individual stocks, now we 
we're requiring a hundred thousand. Whereas before, you know, we, we know we didn't have any minimum there as, uh, either. And then for the the managed accounts, my managed accounts have a minimum of a quarter of a million. But the thing is, the mutual funds have minimums of twenty five hundred bucks. So if somebody only has a few thousand dollars, they can go directly to. Uh, the mutual fund distributor. They can't do it through one of my brokers, but they can go directly through the distributor and buy any one of my four mutual funds. Um, and there, you know, people can get a prospectus and, and, and read all the material, but they don't have to involve a Europe Pacific Capital brokerage account. They can just go direct and buy the funds and that if they have, you know, just, you know, $2,500. Now, I assume um, that uh, all, everybody – we're going to give contact information for you at the end of all this, so I assume that you could probably contact the your main contact number and then they'll direct you how to find out about the, the mutual funds, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so we're going to give a, a contact information here for you, and um, at the end of this this interview, and I just want to make sure that uh, you know people that are interested in the mutual funds that are, have the the lower minimum, the twenty five hundred dollar minimum, that they um, you'll direct them once they t- call a telephone number, or go to the website or whatever, you'll direct them and how to get there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I figured, you know, obviously you do it. I just wanted to make sure that <laughs> that everybody felt included if they're going to be making calls. So. Um, now you've also uh, gone off into the arena of doing um, radio too. You're, you've got your own radio show, and I think you're on Genesis Communications uh, Network, where uh, Free Talk Live's broadcast, right? Right. I mean, we. I mean, I. I'm mainly, I'm, I'm on my own uh, website, shiftradio.com, is where you can listen to the show every Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time. And hopefully Genesis Communication will be successful in syndicating the program because I'm hoping that it will be available on traditional you know, AM uh, radios uh, across the country. That's the whole idea behind doing the show is to get a, a wider audience uh, to listen to what I have to say. Sure. I mean, it's... Uh... But, so, and if you're, you know, if you're, you know, you can, everybody can listen on shiftradio.com, but... It's good if you if you're in a community where you know some uh, talk shows or you know conservative talk shows stations that have that kind of content to give them a call and, and say hey why don't you check out the Peter Schiff show why don't you uh, consider putting that on if enough radio stations get calls from people who are fans of the show maybe they'll uh, they'll pick it up oh they will uh, that's that's the end of the story if a program director gets enough calls about a particular show they'll certainly carry it um, I mean that that's how the business works I'm afraid. <laughs> So um what are you what what kind of topics are you going over on at shiftradio.com? Well, you know, I try to combine three things, the 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 markets from an investor's perspective, the economy and politics and you know, I try to uh you know, weave them all together and the, and that's what we focus on. I take callers, so a lot of it is based on what the callers want to talk about. And I do have usually every day I have a guest for at least one and a half hour segments. Sometimes I have somebody that disagrees with me, and we have a, a argument. Sometimes it's somebody whose whose philosophy I share, and so it's uh, we just have a discussion. And uh, we take calls a two hour show, and the time flies by. We I might ultimately make it a three hour show if we get enough uh, radio station interest, and they they are more interested in having three hours. And uh, then I'll do it. So it might ultimately end up being three hours, but for now it's two hours from ten to twelve. But you know, and if you become a premium member on my uh, shiftradio.com, not only can you listen to the show anytime that you want, you can listen to all the archives, and we strip out all the commercials. 
so that you know that condenses it down. So from two hours, it probably goes down to an hour and uh, twenty minutes or something. We, we take out the commercials, we take out the news, and I don't know, maybe it's an hour and forty minutes. But you, but you know, it's a lot quicker to listen to it without all the the news and the commercials. You were probably right. It was probably closer to an hour and twenty minutes. There's a there's about twenty one minutes of uh, news and uh, ads in a given hour of radio programming. It's amazing, yeah, so, but it's true. Yeah, so. <laughs> Um, so the and, and you know that's 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 pretty common uh, that you know you give the you have the premium membership and things like that. What um, now you said it was ten to noon. Is that Eastern time um, that it's yeah, available Eastern time. live? Okay, great. Um, now you're also on the uh, Judge Napolitano show, Freedom Watch. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I'm a guest on that show occasionally, and I've been going on that show since it was an internet-only show uh, once a week, and now it's a daily show on primetime on Fox Business Network. And so I usually do the show once a week. You know, that's probably about, you know, some, not always, sometimes I miss a week, but, um, you know, once a week is probably what I'll be doing. Are you kind of their uh, their, their go-to guy on economic stuff? I'm one of them, yeah. They have other free market-oriented uh, guests that come on, and there are there are other now that you got you know Rand Paul and Ron Paul and you know so they talk to them quite a bit. Sure. Um, the uh, you know there, there's and there's a lot of programming that's it's kind of it's amazing how the the freedom movement's uh, blowing up. Have you seen the the video of the uh, F A Hayek and the um, and uh, uh, oh, the rap video? Yeah, the rap video. Yeah, that was yeah. I saw that one a while ago. In fact, I favorited that on my my own. You know, I have my own YouTube channel, Shift Report, where I do a video blog. Usually, like one or two of them a week. But a long time ago, when I, the first time I saw that, uh, you know, Hayek, uh, uh, whatever I forget the name of it, um, yeah. video. But I favorited it, and I think I helped uh, push it up there because I think you know a lot of people look what I put on my favorite list, and then they watch it and send it around sure it's got two, it, it was a really really well done uh video absolutely it's got two million views and you can probably find it by searching uh hayek and uh keen's uh, uh you know uh rap and that would probably get you to it but amazing thing and it's just kind of amazing how the the ideas of liberty and um many of these conversations that we're having today you know a few years ago we simply weren't having these conversations and um how it's uh mm-hmm. the ideas of liberty becoming much more mainstream mm-hmm so um the uh, speaking of uh, ideas of liberty becoming mainstream the uh, the Egyptian event the Tunisian event that's um events that are going on there seem to be uprisings around the world um there have been you know several in you know 2010 and right now there seem to be things uh, sweeping all over do you uh, what do you see in that and do you think there's going to be financial effects Yeah well I mean, from my perspective on our you know the financial part of it and our role is that of polluting the world's uh, monetary policy? You know, the, the, we have poisoned the well, really, because the dollar is the reserve currency, but we are creating way too many dollars. And so, rather than bringing stability to the world, we're bringing inflation to the world and instability, because we're so reckless with our monetary policy. We're printing so much money. We're keeping interest rates so low. The countries around the world are following our example. They are too loose with their monetary policy, and so we're getting these outbreaks of inflation around the world, and that is politically uh, destabilizing. Uh, 
And so we're going to see more of these problems until one of two things happens. Either the U.S. gets religion and we reverse on, on a dime, we stop the quantitative easing, we shrink the Fed balance sheets, we raise interest rates, and you know we let the chips fall where they may as far as uh, a recession and, and, and allow the government to really cut spending, or the world uh, jettisons the dollar and uh, you know stops propping up our economy. The U.S. economy will, will sink like a stone. Uh, we'll have uh, runaway inflation here, but the world will be liberated. And they will have, you know, more prosperity. They'll have lower inflation and more economic growth. So they have to make a decision. And, you know, I, I think that what's more likely to happen is the latter, that the world is going to move off the dollar standard and begin to focus on its own problems rather than, uh, you know, bailing us out and, and popping up our economy. What will they use as the world reserve currency if, if, that's, if such a thing happens? Well, hopefully they won't use anything. If they're smart, they'll use gold as, as their reserve for their currencies, uh, you know, because we have nothing backing our currency. So, uh, you know, but uh, I think it'd be better if they use gold, but they might just, you know, decide to use an alternative fiat currency to the dollar. Um, they might use uh, the euro. They might use the yen. They might use the RMB. They might use a basket of currencies that might even include the dollar as a component of it, but it would be a small, one component of many. But I don't know. But I do know that what they have now does not work because it is it is destabilizing the entire world, and ultimately it is the reason that the U.S. economy is in so much trouble because we, you know, the, the world has basically given us a lot of rope. And we've used it to hang ourselves. We we haven't had the discipline that would normally have prevented countries from accumulating the kind of debts that we have. I mean, you can see right now how the markets are disciplining countries like Greece or Ireland. You know, well, that's not happening to us because we've got the reserve currency. And so rather than having any kind of austerity measures and addressing our spending problems, we just go deeper into debt because we can borrow the money because we, because we can print it. Yep. But that's the problem. And Absolutely. that is going to come to an end. And then when we have to deal with these problems, it's going to be much more painful for us to do it because they would have grown so much larger than they would have under normal circumstances. They, um, you know, they're looking at raising the. I don't know if they managed to vote this in yet or not, but they were looking at raising the debt ceiling once again. And you know, I mean, it's it's why why even have a debt ceiling? Why not just uh, you know get rid of it if if they're going to just raise it every time they get close to it? Well, yeah, I mean, they don't want to get rid of it because that would send the message that there's no limit on our debt. But, of course, there is no limit on our debt because it isn't a real ceiling. Because every time we get to the ceiling, we increase it. It's The whole thing is a, a joke. It's just theater. It's pretense. It, it, it's all form and no substance. And what I would like to see is a refusal to increase the debt ceiling so it actually is a ceiling. So there is a limit on the debt and force the government to cut spending. But if you hear all the rhetoric, and I play a lot of these clips on my radio show, the way the congressmen are acting is if we're going to have a depression if we don't raise the debt ceiling. Right. That somehow our prosperity is tied to going deeper into debt. And that if we don't go deeper into debt, we're all going to, you know, the whole economy is going to implode, which is nonsense. What we need is to stop going into debt. It's, it's always increasing the debt ceiling that's causing the problem. If for once we stood up and refused to raise it, we'd begin to solve the problem. 
You know, um, the so it it seems clear to me that uh, that they're going to continue to go along doing what they've been doing. They may slow down a little bit here in this time of uh, of economic crisis, but you know they they haven't learned their lesson. They don't. They're not taking it on the chin. They're not like the average Amer. You know, uh, you know the average, ten, one out of ten Americans is out of work, and they're not like those people. They're doing just fine. So they're going to continue doing what's worked for them up to this point. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and it seems clear to me that that at some point the world will get sick and tired of taking the United States dollar as the world reserve currency, and they probably will come up with uh, you know some other um, something else to take its place. And I think that it's uh, it's probably optimistic to assume that it's going to be gold. It'd be really great if it was, but <laughs> I think well, it would be great for the nations that were adopting it. I mean, if they just adopt other fiat currency, then it's still not going to be a a perfect system, and there's still going to be inflation. But the one thing is clear, that the U.S. dollar cannot continue in that role, because we will continue to exploit that to our advantage and to the world's detriment. So So it's like we've been spoiled. We're like a little kid, and, and the world has spoiled us, and so they have to stop. So what is going to happen if the dollar ceases to be the world reserve currency? Well, what's going to happen is the dollar will plunge in value, and America's standard of living will plunge with it because prices will go up dramatically for all the basics of life, particularly food and energy and and clothing and things like that. And so we are going to have a very rapid decline in our standard of living. I mean, there's just no way around that. And we're going to have to get used to, as a society, at least until we can readopt free market principles and and rebuild the economy that government uh, subsidies and, and taxes and regulations destroyed, Americans are going to have to get due with a lot less. I mean, Americans are going to be carpooling it. Uh, you know, they're going to be bicycling and walking. They're going to be uh, they're going to be get you know sewing clothes when they rip and 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 repairing things when they break. Americans are not going to be buying new cars. They're going to be driving used cars. Uh, even when they need a new car, it will be a new used car. So the there won't be a lot of new car sales. We're not going to be buying new cell phones uh, every couple of years. When the latest one comes out, people will be buying a cell phone and they'll keep using it until it stops working. And if they and when it first stops working, they'll try to repair it. And if they can't repair it, then maybe they'll get another one. But maybe they'll have one cell phone. You know, people are going to cut back. I mean, people are going to cut back on take on their cable TV, on their internet, on their shopping, on their uh, entertainment. Uh, things are going to go up. People are not going to. People are going to pick a room in their house and heat that room. Hmm. And people are going to be, you know, this is just what's going to happen. We're going to have a lower standard. People are going to wear sweaters uh, instead of heat. I mean, and, and, and it, because things are going to be very expensive for us. It's unfortunate because we've destroyed our economy. And the reason that Americans can afford to buy as much as we can today is because we're getting the, the, the money for the rest of the world. The world is producing the things that we're consuming and lending us the money to buy it. And that is going to come to an end. And in the meantime, we don't have the industrial a capacity to replace the things that we won't be able to import. 
and it's going to be it is going to be take a long time to redevelop that and in fact it won't be done until we have massive reforms in Washington because Washington has imposed enormous roadblocks to our success and until they remove those roadblocks we won't be able to succeed so do you think it's possible that Washington's influence would diminish inside of the United States um, among the states is I guess what I mean um, once the dollar takes a hit because it seems like the dollar is really all Washington has to uh, flex its muscles with and once it doesn't have that, will the states continue to listen to it? Well, obviously, you know, the benefits of government spending, federal spending, where they can print money and give it to the states, uh, won't be as much value to the states because it, it won't buy as much. But again, you know, the only, the only revenue the states are going to have is dollars that they tax from their citizens. So, I mean, I think Washington's influence will certainly be diminished internationally. What happens to its influence domestically is a tougher call. I would love to see Washington's influence diminished dramatically. I'd love to return to the Federalist concept that this country was founded on and that constitutionally we're supposed to still be following, but we're not. I mean, it's nice to finally see some judges uh, invoke the Constitution, and yesterday we had the judge in Florida throw out Obamacare as being unconstitutional, which it clearly is. The problem is there's so many other things that are also unconstitutional uh, that are going on, and the courts are doing nothing about it. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's. We've been on that road for a very long time. So I guess what um, you know the the re- the real crux of it all um, is you know now that we've painted the picture is what can the average person do for themselves? They listen. They're listening to what you're saying here. They're they're agreeing with it. You're 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 clarifying what their vision is for the future, and the, you know they're the, you know they're, they've seen the light. What can they do in order to, you know, make it so them and theirs are protected in this time, you know, this coming time of uh, of crisis? I don't know if it's going to be in one year. I don't know if it's going to be in nine months. I don't know if it's going to be in five years. Well, the, the most important thing I believe that people have to understand is that this enormous cost of government, government is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and so it's more and more expensive. But Washington does not want to pass on the cost of government to the voters in the form of higher taxes, unless it's on the very rich. Uh, but and it doesn't want to cut government spending, particularly you know the entitlements like Social Security, Medicare. Nobody wants to touch national defense. So government's going to keep getting bigger and bigger, and the way it's going to be paid for is by printing the money. So instead of taking the money away from you, the government's going to take your purchasing power away from you by printing money. See, if the government prints money, it doesn't have to take your money because it takes your purchasing power, which is just as good as far as the government's concerned. So what you have to realize is you want to avoid that tax. And that is, from my perspective, it's very damaging for the economy, but for me personally, I can avoid that tax, and so could the people listening to this interview. The way you avoid the inflation tax is you don't earn dollars. You don't own dollars. So you get rid of your U.S. Treasuries, your muni bonds, your U.S. dollar-dominated corporate bonds. You cash in your CDs, and you invest abroad. You buy foreign stocks and bonds. You buy precious metals and commodities. You buy everything that we're selling at Euro-Pacific Capital or my other company, Euro-Pacific Precious Metals, and you protect yourself. And and people might say, hey, you know, you're just trying to get us to buy, you know, these foreign stocks because that's what you're selling. No, that's what I'm selling because that's what I know people need. If 
if the U.S. economy was in great shape, if the government was running balanced budgets and we had low taxes and low regulation and this economy was humming along, I'd be recommending U.S. stocks. I'd be recommending, you know, if U.S. government bonds had a good return and we had a stable currency, I'd be recommending those. I mean, I'm trying to recommend the types of investment products that I believe are going to uh, serve uh, my clients that are going to protect their wealth and, and, and help them avoid Absolutely. You've got your blue. I think the vast majority of Americans are going to get wiped out. The people who are going to suffer the most are going to be people who are retired or near retirement age, who have saved up a lot of funds, and who think that they're going to be able to live their retirement years on a few million dollars that they have set aside in, in, in their bond portfolios and their, their pensions. and their, They're going to get completely wiped out. A lifetime worth of earnings is going to be stolen by the government and spent on, on stimulus and and, and government programs. And it, it, what people have to understand is that they don't take action now. If they don't get out, right, get out of Dodge, get out of these dollar assets, that they are going to be left holding this bag. Yeah, I, I really do feel for those people. And I know it's going to uh, happen, um, you know, in, in the future. But, you know, it's it's so hard to communicate these issues with them. And what you say is absolutely true. You can sell. I mean, you've got your blue sky license or whatever it's called. You can sell anything. You can sell munis. You can sell T-bills. You can sell uh, Lockheed Martin stock. Oh, yeah. To, to I, just, I just don't believe in them. So that's right. why I'm not recommending them. Right. So, um, I mean, it's not good investments. They're going to have lousy returns. Right. Uh, so, I mean, the, the idea that you're doing this uh, as a self-serving thing doesn't really make any yeah, sense. Say, oh, you know, Peter Schiff, he's, he's, he, he sells gold. That's why he tells I sell gold because I think people should buy it. If I didn't think they should buy it, I'd sell something else. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, 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 I want people to invest in the things that I believe they should invest in. And, and that's why I'm only seeking out the clients that believe in me. I mean, I don't want to try to find somebody who, who uh, has got complete confidence in Ben Bernanke and or Barack Obama I don't want to try to convince that guy he's wrong. I don't have the time to do that. <laughs> I need to find the guy that understands that these guys are destroying the country and that they don't want to go down with this ship. And I'll help them. I'll help them build the right portfolios and acquire the right combination of foreign stocks or bonds or precious metals. And I'll make sure they do it right. I'll make sure that they don't overpay. I mean, there are people now that are buying gold from some of my competitors where the markups are 50, 60, 70, 100 percent, where people need gold prices to double just to break even. I mean, that's highway robbery. So I steer people away from those mistakes. I don't let them buy numismatics. I don't let them use leverage. You know, I make sure that they, they, they only pay a few percent over spot, you know, so that they, they're actually buying gold, not some, you know, somebody, some antique collectible coin. I mean, I'm not advocating that people become coin collectors. Right. I'm advocating that people preserve their wealth by, by owning something that has intrinsic value, uh, you know, not, 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 not collecting stuff. Now, um, a lot of people are carrying debt right now. What is your recommendation on adjustable rate debt and fixed rate debt? Well, I prefer the fixed rate debt. Of course, there's a cost to that in the short run. I mean, if you get fixed rate debt, it's going to be fixed at a higher level. But, of course, the level is still very low compared to where it's going to be. So I think if you're going to have debt, you should try to take advantage of how low the long-term rates are and to lock it in. Yeah. What about – You know, for as long as possible – I guess this is my um, uh, this is my question: Is if uh, you know, should people focus on paying off their debt and then begin investing, or should they uh, keep well, it, the keep the debt they have yeah, and know, invest? I mean, under normal circumstances, I would say yes, because let's say you've got debt, you know, credit card debt, and you're paying fifteen percent on it. 
I mean, why would you make an investment and to keep paying 15% because you got a guaranteed 15% return by paying off your debt, which is much higher than you can get. In fact, you can't get a guaranteed 15% anywhere. So the best thing to do would be pay it off. But if I think inflation is going to be 10% a year, well, then you're really not saving 15%. You're only saving 5% by paying off your credit card debt. Now, can I find investments that might meet 5%? I think so. But, you know, it depends on the individual. I mean, I don't have any credit card debt, and I, I don't think people should be buying things that they can't afford, so they shouldn't have credit card debt. The question I get a lot is, should I, should I pay off my mortgage? And, again, you know, I, I've been telling people to sell their house and rent, but if you haven't sold your house and you have a mortgage, and if you can refinance it for 30 years at 5%, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I know that you can buy foreign stocks that have yields a lot higher than that and have yourself a little bit of a carry trade going on. But before anybody does that, they need to really fully understand the risks and, and make sure that they you know they know what they're doing. Um, and so people can make their own decisions what they want to do. I don't encourage people to go out and mortgage their house so they can invest. Um, but it, you know, <laughs> but I, I, under normal circumstances... Paying off a mortgage would make a lot of sense. The problem is these are not normal circumstances because of what the government is doing. So the government is forcing you to think outside the box. They are causing people to have to pair up uh, the conventional wisdom and the rules of the game because the rules no longer apply because the rules were written for a world where the dollar was sound and where you can count on its value. Well, that's not the case. Right? You can't count on it at all. The only thing I think you can count on is that the dollar's value is going to go down. And so you have to use that. As, as a framework for all the investment decisions that you make. Well, you know, I think that uh, I think that lines it up. I I hope that helps other people as much as it helped me because it uh, it um, you know even when you know a little bit about this stuff, it's it's really it's it's much better to have an expert to uh, to, to make it clear for you. So when uh, you know now, what do people do to in order to uh, you know get a hold of you, get involved in whether they have if they have a little to get involved in the uh, the mutual funds, if they have uh, more to get involved in Euro Pacific Capital? Uh, how do they how do they get a hold of you? I, I know Shift Radio Shift Radio is how they listen to the show. How do they get a hold of uh, your company and get involved in investing? Well, they can certainly get a hold of us at Euro Pacific Capital. You can call eight hundred. 727-7922. It's 800-727-7922. That number is also prominently featured on my website, europac.net, E-U-R-O-P-A-C.net. And, you know, talk to a uh, broker at Europe Pacific Capital about the various uh, ways that we can help you protect your wealth and, and create the portfolios that are appropriate for you. And also for precious metals, I've got Europe Pacific Precious Metals. The website there is europac.com, E-U-R-P-A-C.com. Again, the phone number is there. That is for physical precious metals. Um, and, uh, uh, if, if you're looking to ha- add that to your portfolio, and, you know, read my books. I mean, get a copy of Crash Proof. Or, uh, read my new book, uh, How an Economy Grows and Why It Crashes, and, and listen to my show. You know, keep listening to the Peter Schiff Show on ShiftRadio.com every day. Uh, you know, keep abreast of what's going on. What about and, the, the uh, weekly? Hopefully, you know, we can help protect. And my goal is to protect as many Americans as possible to get as many Americans to get their money out of U.S. assets. Into, into foreign assets, into precious metals. So if I'm right and the dollar collapses, that we have a number of Americans who aren't broke. 
and there are a number of Americans who can help rebuild the country by supplying the country with the investment capital they're going to need. I think all the money we get out of the country today represents money we can bring back to the country tomorrow when we have a more fertile uh, environment uh, for investment. And hopefully we will come back to those capitalist roots that we will eventually realize that the country is in trouble, not because uh, we had too much capitalism, but because we had too little, and that we will recognize government at the epicenter of these problems and solve it by shrinking government, by repealing regulations, by cutting taxes, and, and, and kind of you know have another American revolution. And and then and, and we can do that much easier if there are a number of Americans who have money to finance it. If all of the money isn't going to come from foreign sources or foreigners. Now, you have a weekly digest, too, is that right, um, where people can uh, you know, get, get free information sent to their email box and um, learn stuff yeah, that I way? Yeah, I mean, when you, when you go to my website at Europac, you can sign up for a number of things. I have a free newsletter that comes out. You can sign up for that. And, you know, there's a, there's a digest that if you sign up for it, you get all the content that's on my website. I write commentaries. Uh, John Brown writes commentaries. Mike Pinto writes commentaries. Sometimes other brokers write commentaries. So there's a lot of original content that is uh, you know, put up on my website, and if you sign up for the digest, you'll get a you'll get sent to your inbox all the original content uh, for the week. So I mean, you can still read it by going to the website, but if you prefer to have an email, you can get that too. Yeah, it's nice to have it delivered. And Mike Pinto's got quite a name in the um, in the industry too, right? Yeah, it's picking up. I mean, he's on. I think you know he's on. Uh, Cutlow's today on CNBC. He's on quite a bit. He's generally on Larry's show at least once a week. He does other shows on CNN, I mean CNBC. He does Fox News and Bloomberg. And yeah, he's been he's been doing that for a couple of years. So he's making a name for himself as well. And you know now that he's working with me, you know I think uh, you know he's he's on a bigger stage now, so more people will will get to hear him. Sounds good. That's uh, Euro Europac dot net. And one more thing, uh, Peter, is we've talked about your dad on the show more than one time, and I was just wondering, how is Irwin? Well, he's hanging in there. He's, you know, still in somewhat good spirits, but he's, you know, having a hard time, and he's still in jail, and, you know, he's in jail far away. Uh, you know, they, he, he's not anywhere where we can really visit him that often, even though there are plenty of places he could be, you know, within a short driving distance. They made it so that he'd be far away. I just think they're trying to make his time in jail, uh, you know, as miserable as possible. You know, he got a 14-year sentence, you know, whereas people have, you know, evaded much more in taxes than they claim he did and have gotten a year or a year or less. So he's got a lot of time for, you know, a nonviolent crime. Um, and he, he, I don't even think he was guilty. I mean, if you look at the, the trial, there's no – I mean, the government did not even present any evidence uh, to prove their case. In fact, they got, the government wouldn't even let my father put on the defense because all the witnesses he tried to call, the judge said, we won't let you call them. All the evidence that my father tried to introduce, the judge refused to allow it in. So it was really a kangaroo court. It was, it was totally railroaded. The government just wanted to make an example of him. So he was, he's, he's a political prisoner, just in you know, the same way that you know, Nelson Mandela was a political prisoner. So, Absolutely. Was... Um, and so it's unfortunate, but uh, he's still there, and uh, you know, we're still trying appeals to get him out. But it's very difficult and takes a long time. And he's an old man. He's 83, so he doesn't have a lot of time uh, you know, for these appeals. You know, even if we end up winning the appeals, who knows? He might not. You know, I'm hoping he lives long enough to, to, for us to win. You know? Yeah. 
You know, uh, I mean, he's a he's an inspiration to a lot of people. Uh, you know, he's he's the tax he's a big tax freedom advocate, and uh, absolutely he got uh, he he got treated poorly, and it w- it was a a kangaroo court. There's no doubt in my mind. So um, send him our our best, and uh, Peter Schiff, thank you for being on uh, uh, the Edgington Post here on Free Talk Live. Right, thanks for having me on. Thank you, sir. All right. Apparently, because I asked Peter Schiff about uh, the mutual fund, the um, the Euro Pacific Value Fund, or whatever it was called, I have to now read. According to his compliance department, I have to read this little bit. So um, I first want to make it clear: Peter Schiff did not pay for this interview. This is not uh, paid advertising. It's not advertising. It was an interview um, in order to you know uh, talk to Peter Schiff. He's an important guy in the movement uh, to explain what he does a little further to people who might be interested and you know i you know we don't do paid interviews that's not the uh, the way of of doing it i might uh, give a client an interview in order to allow them to further explain their product no one pays for interviews so anyway uh let me read the disclaimer here beginning of disclaimer now mr schiff individually his firm or both may have an interest in through ownership or otherwise the securities discussed His firm focuses on foreign securities as an investment. Some of the securities mentioned may only be offered by prospectus, so contact your investment professional before investing. Investing in foreign securities directly or through a fund poses unique risks. You should seek advice from your investment professional before investing in these or any other securities. His firm is a member of FINRA and SIPC. That's the end of the, uh, the the disclaimer. So there you go. Now, now you know it all. Thanks. Are you ready to explore New Hampshire, meet more than a thousand freedom-loving friends, and experience the free market in action? You can do all of these things and more at the Free State Project's 2011 Porcupine Freedom Festival at Rogers Campground in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Porkfest has games, hikes, live music, dance parties, fun activities for kids, and even state-free weddings. And of course, Porkfest features the famous Agora Valley, where the free market thrives. You won't want to miss speakers like Stefan Molyneux and Janiel Shulman, but the best part of Porkfest is being surrounded by more than a thousand like-minded, freedom-loving friends. The fun begins on June 20th, 2011, and doesn't stop until the 26th. Porkfest 2011 is the biggest liberty-oriented event in the world. This year, you can be a part of it. Visit Porkfest.com today. Early bird registration is just $25 for the whole week. Don't miss out. Visit Porkfest.com today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. 